Welcome everyone to another week with your host Mordechai Weinberger and the JRoot program over here. Let's grow together. I'd like to start with giving a huge, huge, huge mazel tov to my mother and especially to my brother, but to my mother mazel tov on the simcha. My brother Yitzchak got engaged to the most amazing family, to Rifki Landau, which is the daughter of Yechiel Landau, from those of you that know from the Varetsky Landaus in Flatbush and as well as to Shea Parnas. What a wonderful family the Vart was last night. The couple together is unbelievable. May we all be zeichah to share and simchas together. May we to continue just seeing how the Rabbi Nishlam, Yad Hashem, and every step and everything that we do, the way the Shidduch came about was so beautiful, so magnificent, and on the level of Mechotanim, it's unbelievable. So, to my mother, Mazel Tov, on the youngest son, and to my father in Shemayim, unbelievable thank you for always taking care and watching on every step of the way. So the huge Hakaras HaToyvist, the Rabbi Nishleilam, going to the Zvart, seeing my brother, seeing his Kala, seeing them together, Yitzchak and Rifki, so amazing. Baruch Hashem of Simchas, so Merz Hashem, Mami, continue seeing Nachas from all of us, from the children, from the Einiklach, Merz Hashem, to take us all onto the Chuppah, to the Ir Ir Einiklach, Gezintahayt, with your mother, with Babi, with all the Mechatanim, with my in-laws, Yitzchak and Rashi, Bornstein, as well as with Leibi and Fagi Schwartz from Muncie. So Mazel Tov on us all. And it's just beautiful to start the year with such a Simcha. So Baruch Hashem, may we all continue to see Simchas Nachas by all of Klal Yisrael. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And I'm looking forward to taking your questions or comments. As well as if you'd like to text in a question, of course, we prefer to take the voice questions, but we will also take text questions to 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. Now, I'm going to open up with a bit of an interesting topic that has been flooding the phone lines with, I should say my phone line, with a lot of messages that have been going on. And the question is a bit controversial, I guess. That's why we've been getting some messages about that. And that was about someone sending me a message stating that she is very, very close to her mother. And therefore, her mother will listen to her. And she started going to therapy. I'm assuming it was a lady the way she wrote it. She started going to therapy and she realized how her anxiety is very, very much directly related to her mother's anxiety. So her mother's very anxious. She started going for therapy. And Baruch Hashem, she's doing so much better. And she just wants to know, how, do she, how does she get her mother to go to therapy? And here is where the little catch came in. <clears throat> how could she get her mother to take the medication more consistently? means every time her mother gets very, very nervous, that's when she'll take the medication. But she wouldn't take it consistently. So what's a simple word that she can say, you know, just to get her mother? The clarification that I gave that I was a little strong on that, to be exact, was that not only... Does she have or is she dealing with codependence, which is understandable what that is. However, what's really happening is she's still in it. Because if she has such a clear and open and gentle communication with her mother, which that was the last part that she put in, she has an, she has an ear like with her mother. And I said, it's very simple. All you have to do is tell your mother, Ma, look, you get nervous, you take the medication when you get nervous, and then you're so calm. It's affecting everyone. I have anxiety. Several other siblings have anxiety. And then when we, when we need to deal with you, when we need to help you, there is so much anxiety that's going on. Why don't you just take the medication more consistent, right? That seems simple enough. 
However, what's really happening is something different. What I clarified is you're in the codependent stage, which means you are not able to disconnect. And if your mother isn't listening to you, it means she listens to you when it's beneficial or when it's not too big, when it's a major issue, it does affect you. It does affect you, but she won't listen. But you to realize that, yes, your shalom bias gets at stake, your children get at stake, and you're going to learn the healthy level that by you actually disconnecting will be a help to her. But you need to recognize if you have an ear with your mother, you wouldn't need to spend hours speaking to her. You wouldn't need to convince her. You just make it pretty clearly. And we've got a caller, and we are going to, I'm going to continue giving you little tidbits about this messages, some that I've gotten. I've gotten some amazing messages. I did get one very strong message attacking me or attacking this opinion of this theory of children disconnecting, that parents are supposed to be with the children, children are supposed to be with the parents. And we'll deal with that. We'll address it. We are going to Batya, Batya on line one. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. My pleasure and honor. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you. I did get a lot out of all your programs, and I'd just like to thank you about it. I do see myself getting stronger and taking a lot of tips out of shows and just your phone line also. Sure. Thank you. Okay. It did take a lot of courage for me to call off, and the person I'm going to address is going to listen, so... I hope it's going to be beneficial to both of us. I have a sister that we're very close, and we have a very good, nice relationship most of the time. Yeah. Now, the issue is that, Baruch Hashem, we both have kids. I have one, and she has two. Now, my baby is 10 months old, and her baby is a tiny drop younger. And our kids are very different. Mine is very, very lively and sociable and exciting and everything. And hers is more on the quiet side and, you know, just sits quietly and plays. The problem is that my daughter doesn't really, when she wants to socialize, she ends up hitting her daughter, which is, I think, age-appropriate because, you know, she's a 10 month old and she doesn't understand. My issue is that my sister doesn't like that and she can't handle it. And... For sure, even if she doesn't mean it, she sometimes says things that ends up hurting me about my daughter. And I have told her that already, but she, I guess it didn't go in. I told her that it bothers me and whatever. It's not really right to call my daughter a bully and that she's mean because she's only 10 months old and she doesn't understand. My question is, we're both going to my parents, Fiantis. How can I ensure we don't get involved in the baby shtick and we still have a nice yantif together, even if my baby is, is going to hit her baby? I so appreciate this question because the first step is your awareness that you've said is very important at so many levels. Number one, 10-month-old babies are not bullies. Three-year-old kids are not bullies. Even seven-year-old kids aren't bullies. I won't label them bully until we've gone through the whole process and we know what's going on in the family and we know the school have tried interventions, we know we've spoken, we know we've dealt. And there's so much more. So I appreciate very much, first, the awareness. Ten-month-old kids are not bullies. Now let's go to the next step of the awareness that you brought up. What happens when you've got two different kids with different natures? First cousins, means sisters or brothers are getting together at Simcha, 
and the world recognizes and appreciates the outgoing person for whatever reason that's the lies that our that our system and the entire world so far follows instead of looking at consistency looking at a person at 80 years old and saying wow this person has lived solid an unbelievable concept and but someone was louder or they made it that people spoke about them but unfortunately things aren't so good people always go for the louder person instead of valuing quality valuing teichen, valuing a lifetime of work and struggles and a person got there but the world is still at that level especially now we're so much into this fanfare and the outside show instead of inner work and unfortunately we're paying the price but so now let's go the way what might be happening is two things your sister might not have the tools and you which we'll discuss in a minute how to separate the two and to make sure that really her other kid her kid is safe and doesn't get beaten up by your 10 month old that is a real concern that we need to work out that's on a technical level mm-hmm. what she was hold saying on, is hold that on, hold why on, hold on. let's get okay. there in a minute let's get there in a minute let's just go to the next step and the next step that i'd like to illustrate is that when we're going to be going to families for simchas i mean for now for sukkas what's going to be happening is that different natures, different people are going to be coming and some will be more successful, as I said, and therefore some families might be triggered. Your sister might not be triggered by the fact that your 10-month-old is hurting her kid. She might be triggered that her 10-month-old or her baby is quiet and isn't loud and she can't show her off or can't show him off. It might be this, might be a struggle going on a generation back means to you and her. Are you always the one that's being loved by mommy and whatever you do is no harm and can't do anything wrong? And she is always the one that has to make up and therefore she's seeing it repeating and therefore the issue is not two 10-month-old kids. We're fighting about mommy's attention or tati's respect. And that's another point I want to create an awareness. When we're dealing with all these issues that come up at Simcha's family gets together, almost never do I see the actual issue at hand, the issue. There's always so much more to it that meets the eye. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? And let's go yeah, there. I want to go step back. So would you say your issue with your sisters, although you guys are close and you love each other, you'll do anything for each other. But is there always that little thing where she feels you're always more special, you get away with stuff? Possibly, yeah. Possibly, yeah. And what she is still repeating, and that's called projection, where we see, we see our pain. So if her pain is, I'm never protected and I'm never recognized, I wonder if we can address the issue that way. So telling her, okay. I'm saying you said your name is Batya. Let's make the assumption your name is Batya, even though whatever. And your sister's name we'll call Rifki, just because my new sister-in-law is Rifki and my wife is Rifki, so it's kind of interesting. So we'll, uh, in honor of my brother that got engaged, we're going to call Rifki now. Today will be any questions that we need to make someone else, it'll be Rifki Day. So Rifki has got now, if Batya would sit down with Rifki and say, what do we do over here? I have a 10-month-old and my 10-month-old does hit and it's age-appropriate. You've got a seven-month-old, eight-month-old, you've got a, a two-year-old, and it's very quiet, and my kid is really hitting. What solutions do we have? And here's where we put in the words where we're not talking about the situation, where we're talking to the person. And mm-hmm. I want you to feel, because these are the words that go, I want you to feel that your child is safe, and I'm doing everything I can that will make you happy to my best ability. So let's try to work it out and see if I can do that. Right, so her solution till now is that you hold your baby when my baby's on the floor, and I'll hold my baby when your baby's on the floor, which I don't think is, you know, fair. Let them both play on the floor. What? I'm sorry, yes. Now, is that possible 
is it possible to hold a baby when you're three-day yontif? Let's make the assumption you're the first days, and now we're having a three-day yontif to hold a baby about seven, eight hours in a row? No, especially if not if she's very lively. That's right. So that's what you're going to tell us. So what other option can we do? And that will be part of the... Oh, sorry. The, tech, the speakers aren't working on the YouTube. All right. No, so I was just taking care of a technical issue. We got a message okay. on YouTube. It wasn't... Uh, yeah, we'll work it out. Um, so let's just go back to this. What? So now the question would be, what else can we do? Mm -hmm. What else can we do that will be letting a 10-month-old be free? Maybe what we need to do is, maybe we need to put like the chairs. I know one family where they separate like the kitchen and the dining room and the living room, and they are able to put like chairs or something, or they have like those gates that they do that they could just put in between, so one's in one room, one's in the other room. And you can actually mm -hmm. separate the kids for several hours and divide right. the kids. It'll be more of a hassle, but that's family. Again, holding, making you responsible for her kid is not res because her kid, and making her responsible for your kid, it's not realistic to hold mm -hmm. babies a three-day on right. What also ended up happening is that I got a tremendous pressure whenever I'm around anybody that my baby's going to hit. So my mother also has a toddler. So now, when we'll go to my mother, I'll be scared why my baby shouldn't hit my brother. Yes. Yes. Now, here we're going to go to the part that I wasn't going to mention. <laughs> the fear that you got within you sounds like you're very worried about what people think and about your self-esteem. And it sounds like you get bashed a lot. You might be very successful. And to the outside world, you sound very strong. But I could hear the inner fear. Now, you don't have to respond to this because we are public and it is a public forum. But I could hear the doubt that you have, the doubts that people put in you. You're trying to be perfect. You're trying to make everyone happy. And you find yourself just doing the right thing, and yet you get blamed. That's what I heard from the first minute of your call. And instead of having your sister calling up, which many times we have a lot of those callers saying, I have a sister that her kid is 10 months old and the kid is hitting, what do I do? You're the one calling up, how do I make everyone happy? That usually tells me who's the, like some of the underlying issues. Right. And here is where the words got to start coming into the words. And that's what I'm working on my sessions. I told to people all the time, I take sessions. And in my sessions, I'm really working on being human and letting go. And allowing myself to be, if I'm real, there will be those mistakes. Means not only is out got a secret, not only is your 10-month-old hitting, but 95% of the 10-month-old kids are hitting. And if they don't do it at 10 months old, then they'll do it at 16 months old. And if they don't do it at 16 months, then they did it at 5 months. Kids outgrow. They might do it at 2 years old and at 3 years old. This is age appropriate that every kid gets to, usually. Almost every kid, I should say, gets to there. And you want to be comfortable about now discussing those with your mother. What did you do? Can I know you raised us so well? How did you manage? You must have had several kids. Don't do it alone. That's again where I always tell people recommend parenting courses. They'll teach mm -hmm. you how to do it. It's very simple. Not that the answer is simple, but the solution, the issue happens is simple, is, is normal. These things do happen. I just want you to be aware of that. But now the inner work is how can you start allowing yourself to be normal? How can you allow yourself to make mistakes and say, my kid hits, yes. Now, mom, coming to you, how can we make it that my kid hits and it's okay? Oh, my mother has no issue with that. Now, it's I that have this. issue. So now you discuss with your mother, Ma, could you just reassure me? I've done it pretty recently with my wife, and I asked her, just tell me these words. I trust you. You always do that. And then you could tell me your opinion. I just needed to hear that. I can sometimes prepare people and tell them what it is I want them to say. 
then mm -hmm. we can have the discussion. We need to, you might just want to hear the reassurance from your mother telling you, shape the tire, come to our house, be at ease, let your kid make as much trouble. Your, your child is my grandchild, is my child. My children hit, we went through everything, it's okay, we'll survive, we'll do it, this is normal, this is healthy. You might just need to hear those words and then you can start brainstorming together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay, thank, thank you. you very much. My pleasure. We are going over here to line two. We didn't get your name because we've just, the technician just left the room, so you're on. What's your name? Hello? Hello, hello. Hello? Yes. You're on, and we didn't get hello? your name. Hello? Yes, you are live, actually. Right, I'm uh, talking from England. Fantastic. Can you just give me a name to call you at, but it doesn't have to be your real name. Uh, Moshe Grace. Excellent, Moshe Grace. Meet Martha Klein. <laughs> <laughs> Good. How are you doing, sir? What is your question? Yeah, Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much for your program. It's a big chesed. Yes. Thank you. It's a It's a chesed for others, and for me, I find it a schos to be... To have the schos to do this. Go ahead. Let's hear your question, because we'd like Thank to... Go I have a question with a bocha. Uh, it's about uh, 19 years old. He's uh, seen therapists, a couple of therapists, for uh, a long time already. He um, he, f he often feels down, uh, low moods. He suffers from social anxiety. Uh, he's very anxious when around with a group of friends. He finds it very difficult. Uh, to have an aliyah or to perform in public. So Same he'd like to know whether medication. Normal. Yeah. Sorry, it's pretty normal. So no, I'm saying pretty normal. I'm saying things that with therapy, Mertzeshem should be able to be helped, and if not, then there are other options. But it's it's this is very workable. There are issues, unfortunately, here, and I'm thinking in my brain, Broy, how do I dismantle this and how do we explain oh this takes many years of therapy but so far good let, let continue so far it seems something that with siata deshmai is workable at least that's what i do right. today yes continue right um so you'd like to know whether medication is an option let's take a step back what the therapist that he went through for years what do they say uh, i think they say that they can help him but he didn't see the help Okay, then they didn't help him. In order to see the help, the person, the client is the one that's got to say they see it getting better. And if he's going for years, something is wrong. These things should be seen results, as I tell people, you know, give it the max two to three months. The most eight to 12 sessions, and we've got to see results and things are moving. Significant results. That's the most, I would say, three months. But consistently, that means once a week. Not you show up once and then three months later, hi, here's my second session. And Mordechai said in three months, we're supposed to see results. If he's gone consistently, this is classical anxiety, classic social anxiety. There should, there should be results in 8 to 12 sessions. In fact, the classical CBT tools and the different types of therapies out there, you see a pretty quick reduction in the anxiety. It's the long-term help where you need more inner work, that I believe at least, but in the immediate results there should be. Do you know that if he went to licensed therapists... Uh, well, in England, I'm not sure if the setup is the same as America. 
Okay. Uh, he went to qualified, qualified therapist. Okay, yes. qualified, very good. Well, actually, actually, to one therapist and one counselor. Okay, yep, those are qualified, those are very good, yes. And how long was he going? Uh, to one, as far as I know, uh, I think about a year, and another one for four months. Okay, there definitely should have been results or changes. So def I would definitely consider medication as one of the options. As one of the options there, medications generally do help a lot. Now let me ask you another question. Tell me a little about his history, and I'll tell you why. Therapy, we can give all the information, we can help someone, but if the matzav is still the same, we can't help. Which means if someone's in the house with the mother and father yelling, screaming, no shalom bias, there's no... When I say no parnasa, I'm not talking about where we're paying bills or it's tight. We're talking about no parnasa. We're talking, if you hear some of the horror stories that I hear, I don't take these cases because I go, it's not a one issue that you need. It's not something like that. You, j Whoa, we lost our friend from England. Whoops, Moshe Grace, call right back because we lost you, sir. Um, so feel free to do that. Let's um, let's just go back. So now, when you get someone with a case where the issue is the surroundings, and many times the social anxiety that people feel people are looking at them is a real is a symptom of what's going on inside. That there might be a huge family environment issues going on. One other issue that can be is this person can be a highly perfectionist person amongst other issues that are going on, or maybe this person has done mistakes. I have worked several times with people that unfortunately, I don't want to use the word they've done various, but they've done big mistakes where people laughed at them or people know about the story and now they're embarrassed to go all over and to be seen. So many times you need to just deal with that issue and then it gets cleared. Um, Aaron, is line three the Moshe that we just got disconnected? Yes, all right. So, Moshe. Yes, yeah, back, thank you, sorry. Back on, thanks. Yeah, I, yeah, I hit the wrong button over here. Um, so, let's go over here. So, basically... Uh, so, you, you were saying that uh, um, therapy helps uh, after a few months when should see improvement. Yes. But on the other hand, you say it can take a few years. Now, Is that clarify, to get to the root clarify. of it? It depends, no, two separate issues. Symptom reductions, there should be some simple tools that will help, which means, just as an example, if he's in public and he feels like people are always looking at him to not look around, to keep his sitter down, to keep on focusing at what he's doing, to be able to think within himself, to identify, in the, let's say if you've got 10, 8 sessions, you're able to identify the person's own self-esteem. What are my strengths? How can I, when I'm in public, feel my strengths? How can I realize some of the exercises you do is, do you look around at people? Yes, I do, but do you focus on them? No. Realize the same thing as those on you. When you start thinking, tell your mind, no, that's not so. There are many different tools you could do. Just simple breathing, which gets you in control of your mind. So many little tools that start helping you. Or rate it. How nervous am I? From 1 to 10 right now, I'm a 10. What can I do right now to calm me down? Maybe I step out for two minutes, then walk in. There are so many cognitive and behavioral tools that do symptom reductions, which are very powerful. However, healing the subconscious is where it takes a little longer work. Now, what I just said, right. what you weren't able to hear, and I'll just say it short, Bikitzer, is that to recognize what's going on in the family. If there are major stressors in the family, many times social anxiety is a branch, branch off of where the person feels safe to express his concerns, but the real issue is family. And we need to know right. what's going on in the family. Next thing that we also need to realize, as I said, sometimes someone might have done a certain avero, or someone has made a huge mistake where everyone heard or saw, and therefore now they're feeling embarrassed and they're feeling wrong and bad for that. 
And again, the point that we want to focus on and understand is that there might be underlying issues for the anxiety. If he's 19 and all this is going on and the therapists have done that, then definitely I would recommend medication as part of the process because medication really helps pretty smoothly, pretty easily. And with the SSRIs, there are practically very little side effects. And if you do it, shouldn't, you shouldn't be seeing or feeling any of the side effects. And if you are, you speak to the psychiatrist or the doctor, and then they change it. So there's a lot that can be done today's generation. We don't have to sit and suffer. Social anxiety, anxiety in general, are very, very workable. Yeah. So you would recommend him to uh, carry on with the same uh, therapist or counselor? I wouldn't. If he's gone for, I would sit down with a counselor and ask them, hey, he's gone one year to one therapist, he's four months to you, what's going on? I have clients and I ask them, hold me responsible, hold me accountable. Tell me, I got an issue, we're here, we're not seeing results quick enough. And I love that because then I can sort of strike back. I can tell them, let's recognize, do you know why it's going slower? Because I need to do this and this. Are you ready for a more intense therapy? And the person goes, oh, we're waiting for me. Yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Now I realize what I got to do. But don't just change counselors. Sit down, go with this 19-year-old boy to the counselor and say, okay, he's coming to you now for four months. We don't see any results. Why? And the counselor might say, well, this guy doesn't do his exercises, doesn't talk in therapy, there might be so many issues that's going on. I want to discuss his past. He doesn't want to discuss his past. Um, when I ask him certain questions, he says, I don't want to discuss those topics. And then what do you want the therapist to do? I get that a lot. I just don't stick with those clients. I, I give them a choice. Either you open up and you talk or not. But many therapists, which have a belief, and I wish I would have on a certain level their patients, they say, just come for months. Eventually, you'll feel safe. Sometimes they do. Sometimes the person doesn't. I don't have... That's my little weakness. I don't have the patience for that. I'll give you three sessions to let you remain quiet. But after that, no, no, my friend. Open up or in or out, you know, but I'm not so holding that. But there is a mahalo that works that just give the person their space and they will open up. So I'm not questioning that therapist. However, I would definitely tell you to sit down with that therapist and ask, discuss it. Make a discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to have a very good job. The, the way you're helping this 19-year-old, you Tucker earned the title, Gross. So it's a pleasure speaking to you. Have a good to you. Yeah, and I get you on to. Good job, Excellent. We are going to Dina on line one. Dina, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yes, hi. Um, I first of all want to thank you for your line. Yes. I call it growing through entertainment. Okay, very nice. I appreciate that. It's my air out, my vacation, my whatever you want to call it. Wow. Excellent. Okay, so, I have a few. Looking forward to taking your questions or comments. Anything about the mental health field? Go ahead. Let's go here. Okay, let's I have to, a few let's, questions. Let's, let's limit it to two. Since we've okay. got more people and we've got some text I'd also like to address, so let's limit it to two. Okay, um, how do you know if you're healthy or not? Meaning, if... If you're asking, you're not. <laughs> a healthy person feels I'm healthy. I'll <laughs> I'm, tell you I'll the truth. I felt, I felt I'm healthy until I started listening to you. Okay, I, I didn't mean to cause doubt in people. Let's put it back. If you feel healthy, you're healthy. 
if you have healthy relationships, when you have most of your callers, when you hang up calls, you go, wow, what a pleasant conversation, what an easy day is happening. When you see that there are difficulties in life and you feel you've got the tools to deal with it, while you go through stress during that, yes, you're healthy. Someone tries to shift gifts, guilt on you, someone tries to make you feel guilty, and you know how to say, now I want to do it, now I don't want to do it. If you can say yes and you can say no, easy, I shouldn't say easily, because that's, that's life's work, but you're balanced with saying yes and no. You're able to, life's about the balance. If you can balance mostly, you know you're healthy. Uh-huh. Being that I said that, I work a lot on being balanced, and I struggle on that, so I don't know if I'm that healthy. No, that, that, that's what made me thought that, think that I'm not healthy, because if you're going to a therapist, then... Ah, so you want me to open up about my life and no, my can of worms? No, I but can... as, I hear, as I listen to you, you sound to me like a very healthy person. And here, I got confused. Like So someone once told me one of the greatest mashalim that I use all the time, and I, I like that, and that's how I explain to people why I go for therapy. A car, average car, needs an oil change about every 3,000 miles. Today, with the newer cars, it's now 5,000 miles. And with the new synthetic oils, you can go 5,000 you know, even on a regular car, but you can go 5,000 miles. What happens if a car does 5,000 miles, or you're supposed to do it about every three to five years? What happens if a car does 5,000 miles in a year? When will they do the oil change? Uh-huh. I am, Baruch Hashem, going 5,000 miles a month <laughs> or a week. And in order for me to balance everything that I'm doing, for me to stay focused, just to realize that I work with Kanainahar, a huge amount of clients. Many of them, when they start, are very unhealthy. And when I say unhealthy, not that they are unhealthy, but they have a lot of pain behaviors. It means interacting with them is painful. And then Bokshan, as the therapy process happens, they get healthy. And then clients leave, and then we get a, a new group of, of clients. Now, Chasram, I'm not attacking clients. I know many of my clients are listening. So I don't mean to say you're unhealthy, but as you know... A lot of our interactions, a lot of assertiveness I need to use, a lot of boundaries has to be put into place. And while it's hard for you, it's equally hard on me. So I chose to go into a, a field where it's highly rewarding. The schar in Olam Haza and in Olam Haba is unbelievable. Me, myself, that's where I feel Hashem has given me an amazing bracha there. And I love it. However, every business that you'll speak to any person in their business has its hardships. My hardships is that I deal with some people that are, that are in pain. Mm -hmm. I need to clear out my car. I need therapy. I go for therapy. Many times it's about clients. Many times it's about my life because if I'm having some difficult clients, it will then affect my marriage. It will affect me, my parenting skills. It will affect more than that. It will affect me myself. Mm -hmm. And by, by like me... Like if you wouldn't have this job, then you would... Okay, forget you know, it. <laughs> I will say that. You, know, you can ask, if I wouldn't have this job, will I be in therapy? Me, myself, I would be. Because my nature is someone, part of my addiction that I'm working on is to break out of my going 5,000 miles a month. I'm trying to now divide it over a year. Mm -hmm. So part of my goal is, so if anyone moves as fast as I do, yes, they're in therapy or they're going to coaching or they have a team of support system helping them out. But for people that are at a healthy pace where they're comfortable in their zone, then it's okay. I go out of the zone. I break... I, I break my old record very, very often, Baruch Hashem. Mm -hmm. So in order to keep up at that speed, i got to be able to work on myself. Mm -hmm. Okay, my question is like this. Um, I have a son. He's going into Kitahai. Um, he was being bullied a lot this year. Basically, three-quarters of the class was, like, fighting with him. 
Tell um, me a drop about your son before we go into bully. Is your son a leader? Is your son so He was a leader, and this year they sort of knocked him down. So can we rephrase it? If he was bullied, maybe there is now a rebellion going on? Yes, something Good, like so that. So let's not call it bullying. Okay. The world calls it bullying, but I feel it's like saying, you know, we, we need to identify issues here. Okay. Bullied is when there's a nice, quiet boy, or not, not, not quiet, but a nice boy that's doing his regular stuff, and two, three kids that are in pain say, who's a guy that we could pick on just because we're in pain and we want to make his life pain? However, I know, I know that the leader from that's against him is going through a hard time, like one well, of his that's siblings. Not the issue, sick. But let's not go if they're going through a hard time or not. Kids might not know how to how to assert their leadership in a class, and your son might be equally responsible, just like the other kid, if we would speak right. to that guy's mother, they might say that he, your son is the bully, and the other boys came to protect himself. My point okay. is, it's not a bullying issue. Okay, my no, point so is, there's now a question, how do you deal with in the no, class? No, no, my question is sure. that um, I spoke to them now, and he's okay with that I should take him out from this class and put him into a different class. Wow, that's usually the last resort. That's I know, because he feels that it's basically a whole class of leaders, so, ah. so um, but the question is like this. How this old is your son again? He is, he's, he's turning nine. Funny, I would not have done that. I would take an entirely different view to this approach. I would split the class, but... Oh, I wouldn't do that either. What would you... No, we're, we're, way, we're, we're not dealing with the issue here. The issue over here is there's a class full of leaders, and we are making one of the greatest mistakes in the world that we are calling leaders and we're creating a generation that leaders mean akshanam. Leaders mean I don't feel for anyone and I don't care about other ones. Leaders mean all I care about is myself. And if we look at what leadership means, G'daylam, in our Klal Yisrael, not the Goyesha world. The Goyesha world, they value strength. The Goyesha world, they value who's the strongest with the sword. They value who's got the most money. That's the Goyesha world. That's not Yiddishkeit. The strength, we've got a different value of leadership. Leadership is giving. Leadership is following at times. Leadership is when you want to do something and G'daylum or your Rav tells you don't and you don't do it. That's leadership. Leadership is being able to spend the years that it takes to let the Rabbein Shleim do things. Imagine Moshe Rabbeinu, and we've got stories when the Yalkut Shmoni brings down how long it took him till he got to be the Manik of Kleisel, what he had to go through. What I feel your son is missing, and this is from what I hear you say, so again, I don't know your son, is no one ever taught him how to follow. How can you be a leader if you don't follow? How do you expect others to follow you if you don't know what it means to follow? And that's why the Rebbein Shalom is given at all times, even if you're a husband and a wife, one is giving and somewhere else you got to take. So the husband might be more in charge of Inyan Eirachmias, but the wife is the one in charge of the Inyan Eirachmias, of suffers and all that stuff, taking care of the kids. And part of what we got to learn, the beauty of marriage, is each one learns how we have two leaders working together. Now, if your son can't give in, the amount, again, he's young, so I'm not labeling him, but right. I'm doing for awareness. The amount of teenagers that I see that their concept of leadership is what you've described, and if a class can't work it out, we divide the class or we change <laughs> the classes, we've defeated the purpose of Chinuch. Chinuch is you and No, get but the, the rabbi didn't manage him. Like we'll <laughs> get there. So now it's a separate issue that the rabbi doesn't know how to manage a class full of leaders. And the Chinuch okay. system might not have. We're not here. I'm just first giving you the information. I understand. So I just want you to realize the first suggestion is actually to teach your son now how can he learn to just bend his head a little. Stop fighting. How so he times? stopped. He's by now under the table. 
No, no, no. We're not talking about from a weak self-esteem. We're not talking oh. about a fear. Okay, so now How I have to build this self-esteem back getting, up. Let's slow down. How many times have you told your husband, yes, 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 it's okay, when you felt you were right, and you knew your husband calmed down, and your husband changed, and he says, you know something, I think I'm going to give, I think you were right about it. <laughs> I know in my marriage I do it's that a lot. usually the opposite. <laughs> what? It's usually the opposite. Okay, how many times do you give in? Not usually. Do you understand? Do you ever realize that sometimes you know something, you'll just give in? Right. And then the person, like a day later or an hour later, says, you know something? I think I was wrong. Let me ask, let's be now more blunt. Is it something that you need to learn this lesson first, and then you can teach it to your kid? I learned it by now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so, so there's two options for me. Either... This class is getting next year fantastic ever. Yeah. Or I take him out from this class to not such a good. There's like a few classes, but none of the rebels are going to be good for, the, for him, except for another one. But also not the greatest as the class is getting. The class is getting now a tap tap ever. Yes. So my question is, do I... Let him stay in this class with the excellent rabbit, or do I take him out and let him start a new year, but not with such a good rabbit? I will tell you first my opinion about the question. My question is it's always, it's always about the class and about friends. If you have an okay Rebbe and a great class, the person will be successful. If you have a very good Rebbe and you don't have a good class, the kid might be good, but you got to hang around friends. It'll knock him down. So I'm a very big believer in both. So if you're talking about a good Rebbe and a great Rebbe, we're not talking about a bad Rebbe. If you tell me he's a bad Rebbe and a good class, it'll be much harder. I don't know how good he is because he's just one year, but he had a very successful year. Then that's called good. The, hard, the first year is the hardest of all. Mm -hmm. So let's see. So I would call him a good Rebbe. I would consider that a good rabbi, and if you have a good class in that. However, I still don't hear we addressing the main issue of your... Uh, of me teaching my child. You teaching your son. How can he be in a class full of leaders? How can he be in a class full of leaders and learn to give in? That if someone says something, he could say, you know something, I'll do it your way. I'll learn how to work out. Not giving in, saying, I will teach you, I will give in this time for recess, we'll play this game. But next recess, I want us to play my game. we got to start teaching them how to learn and that's something that's really the malamed and the school's job to do some exercises every day there's a different person that picks the school there are ways to break bullying and and those circles there are a lot of exercises since we have some malamed doing what is it number is the number working I'll try it. Cool. i'm just seeing we just got a message on my phone line that's not working i just uh. want to check it out and then we'll work on it you know get okay. it clear Technical issues, we got a lot going on over here all at one time. But again, let's just give some of them for the yeshiva system. One of them is make different kids a leader every single day. Next thing is give different homeworks or exercises the class should do between the boys, like groups of three, four, and always you separate the boys. I'll tell you to which extent it went. That the rabbi saw that like the whole class is basically against him, so he said, you know what, he has a beautiful handwriting, my son, and he's going to write yes. on the... On the sick arts and crafts. Yes. And one boy said, No, I don't want you to touch my paper. And basically, another four or five boys. Um, okay, this is classical behavioral control of a class. So we can't teach a Muhammad that unless they know how to do it or that. Right, so I see it's not working this okay. way. Like, Very good, then I got you. Very good. So I should go put him into the. I can say should because I don't know about it. definitely sounds the way. If he's going to continue another year like this without a, an experienced Malamed that will deal with that, 
then yes, remaining or even the next year, like there needs to be someone that will teach it. This is a symptom that unfortunately raising kids like that is a, is a, ter is a terrible generation that we're going to be having. When we say Derech Eretz Kadma and when we're referring to, really it's talking about Parnassah, but when we refer to the emotional part that all the Baal, Baal Musar speak about, this is what we're talking about. This is the Derech Eretz, this, this is the Menschlichkeit. I feel that he, he's still young, he's going to outgrow it. Like That's right, no, not to, uh, we only outgrow things if we teach. Nothing gets outgrown if it's not taught. No, I, I personally disagree with that. That's why I believe we're having such big issues this generation. We well, are my not husband teaching. was telling me that when he was a, a boy, like the, the, the boys who were the leaders weren't the leaders later on. Like, it changes. Like, whoever is the good boy Let's and learns the that. best, Let's he becomes... That. The boys that are dysfunctional leaders and use bullying skills and hurt people, they, are, they do not succeed. I know in my class, I met a friend of mine a year ago, he said, look at those five, six, quote-unquote, leaders. They are nowhere in life. And that's because they were too tough, because they didn't listen. And in bullying tactics in the class, if the malamdam aren't aware of it, it gets, it, they succeed. But in life, you say, I don't want to work with such a person. You have choices. In a class, you don't have choices. That many choices. And that's the benefit of that. However, your son still needs to learn how to deal with it. Okay, so he's starting to learn. Like he, he saw what happened. Excellent. But Thank you. I appreciate you calling in and for the awareness and for the information. Okay, thank That's you awesome. very much. My pleasure. We are going to Miriam. Miriam, on line two. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. Yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to tell you thank you for the books. You told me last time, I asked about, I don't know, exactly codependent, criticism, whatever it was. And you told me about um, Miriam Adan books. Yes. And I took awareness. And oh, that's a great book. And it's amazing. It's really... Um, Which numbers are you? Which natures did you find yourself in? Uh, I think four and two. Four and two. I got... Yeah, I, I can't give out all my secrets, but whoa, there's so much going on. But yeah, that book's great. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. So you're calling to say that the book helped you by reading Miriam Adahan's book on awareness helped you? Yeah, because now I understand myself and understand also other people's natures. I yes. Was, I didn't understand why another person should say something, and I got hurt from anything. Now I understand that I'm really different from a lot of people. Like, yes. I am different. And people, it's hard to relate to a lot of people, and I have to understand that. You know, it's, I'll tell you, in my book that Meretz Hashem will be coming out on Pesach, I've got an entire chapter, and there in the awareness book is nine natures. I've got 18 natures. Oh, uh -huh. 18 natures, and you'll be able to see it a lot more where you are. Over there, it's very short, and I've got a goal, Meretz Hashem. We're not going to share that, but it'll be a lot more in detail. We're, we're already spilling the beans, but, uh, but Meretz Hashem. But I've gotten 18 natures that I've divided them into peoples, and I have 16 in my share. I got the program 48 and 49, and when I wrote it in the book, I've added on two more, introverted and extroverted, someone that just needs everything loud and someone that's just everything quiet. So... I find them also natures I'm dealing with a lot, so I enter them. So I've got 18 natures. Are most people, like, on the outside and not, on, like, the inside? I'm just wondering. Isn't that, since that's your nature, how you, you view the whole world? And since I'm more the inside person, not the outside person, I see most of the world inside and not outside. No, I'm an inside person. Oh. But oh. I see most of the world is outside, like, basically, or it's a system that everybody has to be outside. I don't know. Or, or... We just look at everyone that way, and when we speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, 
I once ran a group and it was amazing. I'm not going to go say what, but basically everyone, we had like four or five different people from different Kahilas, and each one was saying the problems of their Kahila, and then each one said, you know something? After I hear yours, I'll stick with mine. And the concept is that when we look at the other one's Kahila from the outside, each one says, wow, look how great that Kahila uh. is. But once each one hears, okay, so that's your problem, your Kahila, okay, this is my problem, my Kahila, you know something? If there's going to be a problem, I might as well deal with the one in my society. Mm, I see. So oh. while you're making assumptions about others, when I sit in the therapist's chair, it's amazing how I see everyone's got the same issues. Just the different natures will go about therapy the different ways, and also the type of therapy will be different for the different natures. I find that many times my therapy, that's why therapy to me isn't a cookie-cutter situation, because you need to... To know the natures first. That's right. Individualize it and speak to the nature. Make sure the information gets through to the nature rather than just the system. All right. All right. Okay, thanks. Thank you. I appreciate the calling in. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Let's go over here to one or two of the questions that we've got. First of all, this person called in from about 1130, sent a message, I should say, about Chesidisha boys, younger light that are all working with teens at risk. I'm not sure what you want. It's too, you wrote it too short. I have no idea if there's a question, if this is a comment. Um, so instead of texting it three times, please give me more information. You know who I'm referring to. So don't repeat the same text three times. Rather give me more information so this so I can understand. And then I can try to help you out to take care of that. Um, now we got over here. I'm a 23-year-old. Wait, I want to go to the one about medication. Also, again, the number to call in, 718-298, I'm sorry, um, 683-5858-7186835858. Where is the question? Here it goes. I'm on medication, and I consider myself pretty normal. It really bothers me when people make fun of medication, like telling their friends is a joke. Oh, someone forgot to take their meds, or oh no, you didn't take your pills. Like as if people who take it are crazy. It bothers me because comments like that are very insensitive because you never know if the person next to you is on meds or not. Also, it can prevent people from taking meds because, oh, only crazy people take it. How can I react when I hear such comments? Don't want girls to know I'm on it. I'm taking, I'm talking about older girls 18. Thanks so much for all you do for Claudius Roll. Great nachas to Hashem. Well, thank you. So I'd like to divide this question into two components. The first component is, and I will do the first one first. Rishon, Rishon, Achor, Achor. I usually like taking the last one first somehow. But let's go with the first one. How do you deal with it when people make comments about that? Number one, we are sensitive to issues that we have. Means that because you might feel that that is your issue, you're taking sensitive to that comment. But what about other comments that people say? Like, oh, that person is so tall. Or that person is so short. Or that person is too skinny. Or that person is too fat. Or that person looks wealthy, or that person looks poor. Each of those are comments that people make. So if you would actually, on a neutral base, just listen to comments that you hear a day, just write them down, comments, you're going to notice how every society gets attacked. Every population gets attacked. Now, when we're sensitive, all of a sudden our radar is turned on to that, and therefore now we're attacking people for uh, offending our system. Therefore, what we try to do is we want to focus on, let's speak positive. Let's stop talking about negative. Oh, someone forgot to take the pills and just going, someone's angry. Identify the emotion. 
Or what can we do when that person gets nervous instead of a joke? Also, sometimes jokes are a way of dealing with it instead of dealing with it head on. So you don't want to hurt someone, but you want to hint that they might need help. So people try to make comments. Well, comments are comments. They still hurt. Now let's go to the next part about that, that it will prevent people from taking medication. I agree with you. Sometimes I need to spend three, four, and five sessions with people just to create the awareness that medication does not mean you're crazy. In fact, medication means you're normal. And I should say specifically specific types, the classical ones that everyone's taking, the Prozac, Zoloft, the SSRIs are for the normal healthy people. It means if you got anxiety, if you got OCD, if you got depression, that's what you're taking those for. They're for the normal healthy people. It doesn't help those that are more extreme. And those people, quote unquote, that the world calls crazy, I don't call them crazy because I see how what the therapy is needed and I see the medication that's needed and even that is changing. But in the past, in the 1950s and 60s, the only medication they had was, quote unquote, for the crazy people that would scream in the streets, that were psychotic where they see, they, they think that they're a Mashiach, which even that today with a good medication, you can help. That's not crazy anymore. But since there was no help, we called it crazy. Now that there's help, the, the definition of crazy is, I believe, going to be removed from the dictionary probably 50 years from now if Mashiach doesn't come. It's just going to be how we work on it. It's going to be normal, just like we got now speech therapists coming in, and you've got occupational therapists coming in, and you've got shadows, and uh, social workers are starting to come to schools, but it's going to be normal to have a social worker with the kids that are needing it. It's going to be normal for the Rebbeim to be able to have a behavioral therapist to teach them and to guide them how to deal with behavioral issues that's coming up in class as we're dealing as a last caller head. Why shouldn't this Malamud have the tools how to deal with it? It's not that complicated, or it might be complicated, and then we might need to get a social worker then bring in two, three colleagues to brainstorm how to work on it together. There's a lot the principal can do. There are a lot of uh, games that you can put into the system. There's a lot that can be done. Team building is a very common task out there. Companies do that. In fact, I know some of the biggest accounting firms in the world. Ernest & Young is one of the biggest ones that people go to. A lot of firm people work there. And they have like two, three-day trainings where they have these huge centers where they have hundreds of people because these companies, they can have five, 600 employees, thousands of employees being hired at one shot. So they want to build a team effort. And they've got these big companies that come and they try and they build a team effort. Understand, you're now working for a company. We are one company. We can't have 50, 60,000 accountants and each working for the same company, each one being individual. We need to get a team-based. And they pay millions of dollars for these trainings. So I just want to understand there are systems out there. And yeshivas and schools will be having it in the near future. And that's, again, what we need to thank this Medina of Chesed, this country, America, how much the government is paying. Yes, people say from our taxes, but let's not go there. Other countries are using the taxes for other stuff, giving it to our children's therapy if it's needed. We really are in a comfortable, safe, loving place, as Ramayusha calls it, of Medina of Chesed. So... Thank you for that question and for that comment. So again, about the first part, get tougher, get stronger, work on your issue, that not to feel bad that you take medication, you're doing healthy. And on the second level about the awareness, yes, that's a large part of this program to create the awareness. Medication are for healthy people. If you need it, you could be on it and you can get off it. And if you need the more serious stuff, there are medications for that that help but live your life. Be as productive as you could be. Don't hold it in. Thank you. We are going to Ellie. Ellie, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, thank you. I really want to thank for your, your amazing show and all the things you're doing. You do know who I am because I have been in contact with you once. I'm known as the Midnight Rabbi publicly. 
um, which means they have been working with kids in the street, etc., etc., um, and other programs. Hold on. So but let's, the thing I is, I'm finding a big struggle this time of year. Good. I don't know if I could use those words with, you, with your website, my friend. Uh, Midnight Rabbi, yeah. go ahead, share with people a little who you are. You've chatted okay, with me once you. or twice. So, I've seen your website. Um, basically, it's I've been working for many, many years with, with kids and, and special, you know, Bokrim and the Shamalach. And they, they all need a lot of, you know, inspiration and chizuk. And, you know, we, we all do now. And I mean, personally, right now, in Eretz Israel, it's been, you know, difficult to kufa for everybody. And I want to really get from a therapist's point of view how do we inspire others, including myself? To have simcha in our in our in our life, and in a therapeutic way, how do we? If we haven't learned to be a professional therapist like yourself, but how do we, as an individual, take the the best like points out of it so we can really help? For example, our students or our family, or even, you know, right now this is an opportunity to really inspire the world with simcha. How how do we how do we bring that down so we can really make this year a, a, a very positive year instead of the more difficult year that we've all gone through? So I'm going to tell you a secret in therapy that we can share it all over. And the biggest secret that I know of a therapist, the biggest secret of all, none of them are the skills that I've learned, none of them are the tools that I've learned, and that's something that you've got in abundance, and that is love in your heart. There's the famous okay. saying that I've said many times, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I've said that many times, people don't care how much you know, it doesn't matter how good of a therapist I could be, if I can't love the person, if I can't connect to them, be with them, and they should really feel that I care, I could not help them at all. Now, one of the modalities that I've learned is subconscious, cognitive behavioral tools, but all those are tools. The real system is always the heart caring, and then whatever you do works out. However, you might need some more successful tools, that's something else, but it's coming now, Yantiv. If I would show you the amount of messages that I'm getting now, well, let me just read one or two of them similar to that. I'm a 23-year-old Bacha. I'm going home for Sukkot. How can I be happy for eight days in, of Zman Chaseinu in a dysfunctional home? Uh, oh. Let's look at this one. Uh, another one. I'm going to be coming home. I come from... Here, how can you ask your parents that you would like them to go for therapy knowing that it's going to hurt them if you ask? There's a lot of stress at home and feel that's the, that's the point that therapy is needed. I'm 16 years old. So many people oh. are going through pain and they just yeah. need someone to speak to. And when I went on your website and I saw the stuff that you do, Midnight Rabbi, that, and when you called in also the first time when you called in, and, you know, at midnight is when some, so many of these guys that are out on the street and all they're asking for is a little place of love. I was by my in-laws last year. I think it was Sukkot. And someone told me, uh, uh, the guy asked me not to say his name, so I won't say his name, but a regular unassuming person in shul, someone tells me, do you know that he has every Friday night at 12 o'clock boys come over to his house? And I figured I'm just going to go in there. There are only two boys. And that's very, very impressive. And at around 1.30 when I wanted to leave, all of a sudden seven boys moved in like walked in, they were from Avenue R in Flatbush, and they were coming in, let's say, to, uh, let's call to the, the beginning of Borough Park, I don't want to go where, but to this person's house. And yeah. I asked, like, why are you guys coming? He says, we just wanted somewhere to go, we knew there'll be food, and we know we can talk, and it's the person's heart that's there, and they contact him throughout the week, they talk to him, it's the caring. I can't do that. If I spend my energy and my koiches on therapy, I cannot be up at 1.30, staying then to talk to six, seven boys. 
But what these guys need is someone that could spend hours with them that a therapist is not supposed to do and can't do that role. We need an entire team helping Klal Yisrael. You, Midnight Rabbi, don't... I, I mean, Personally, I need more support, I feel, from the, 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 the people out there uh, to make this more reality that we can really access people more. But personally, I'm not living in New Shalim anymore, and oh. I'm not able to access as much as I would like the, 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 the students, etc., etc. And it's a lot to do with there's a certain cutness in terms of the success of yeshivas right now because of all different factors. And it, it, I feel there needs to be much more chizuk in this area from, from everybody in Kleisrael to really f- not just fund it, but also be, like you're saying, like I try to be and have tried to be, to be available for, the, for people. Now I have to resort to a lot more online stuff. But that, for me, is Biddy Abbott. I'd much rather be much more personal and in, you know, it, on, on, on line to be in front of them. Not online on the computer, but in front of them in person, one-to-one. Yes. This is the and most that's powerful what they way need. to they help need, They need that connection. They need to see the person. And again, the therapist is not allowed to do this. or not, I shouldn't say not allowed to. Many therapists don't. But sometimes they need that physical hug. I'm talking about appropriate now. I'm just saying that. But many yeah. times with, when you look at these quote-unquote teens at risk, they're hugging each other. There's a connection. They're looking for someone just to tap them on the back, put the hand on the shoulder. Again, appropriate. Nowhere lower than their shoulders, but the shoulder level. But it's just a concept that's needed. And I, I agree yeah. with you. And Klal Yisrael, there are so much out there, and because it's not organized, it's hard to do. If yeah, I mean, be- Eretz Yisrael definitely needs much more chizuk. I'm, I'm here right now and seeing a, a big uh, downward um, effort going on, not, not upward, which is very upsetting and very heartbreaking for me. And I, I feel like as much as there's pain out there on the front of the world, there's also pain in terms of the ability to really to be there for the kids, especially because even if, for example, when I was teaching classes in this generation, the kids are so into the iPhones and into distractions, to be able to actually access them truly, it takes a tremendous effort, and and it needs the time, and it needs the devotion. And, uh, you know, to really access them, to really, like you're saying, have the heart-to-heart, that's that's what's going to open them up and help them. You know, I don't know if the, the powerful speakers that are doing great things are able to do it as much as we really need right now let's rephrase that if that's not their job those powerful speakers are meant to get us to be empowered to start doing our steps we need midnight rabbis that when these boys are in the street to have the person that they could go to 12 12 o'clock at night for six months till we can turn them around to have normal schedule that 12 o'clock is when they go to sleep instead of waking up and we need yeah. people like you on the front line. I'm saddened. If for me, it's a tragedy because I always had like somewhere in back in my mind knowing there are like people like you. And as I spoke to you six months ago, if you don't take care of yourself financially and other stuff, unfortunately, it will throw you out. And or yeah. and you know that's the sad part. We have so many great people like you. It's a tragedy, in my opinion. That Rabbi Midnight well, Rabbi... Can, can, we, can we just like turn it around somehow? Is there, I mean, other than davening to Hashem and being sympathetic... I will be honest with you, I do believe What can we do to, to really I do have practically... A way, like, is I there a system of way? Is, I'm going to say a way, but I know people are going to be very upset at me. But I'll say it anyhow, because I found that way is something that works with me. And that is it needs to be balanced financially as well. Means if you take a kid okay. out 12 o'clock at night from 12 to 2, 12 to 3, you need to tell the parents this is a reality or speak to the yeshivas, reality is that I need to speak to the parents and I need to get two or $300 a week. That's not a lot because 
When a therapist takes $175 an hour and you're spending two, three hours, but you could spend time with two, three kids at a time. So if you're also getting seven, eight hundred dollars or a thousand dollars a week in there to stroll, it's enough to it's enough to make it. And for these parents to know that their kid is not on the streets or they're speaking at someone healthy and they will take your time. If you have just five people paying you that a week, let's say $300, it's $1,500. It's enough to give your wife an air to stroll again. In America, it's very tight, but an air to stroll, it's more comfortable. But you need to be yeah, confident. Yeah. We, we can live off very little here. There's a that's certain right. Tap, that's like, right. That's right. all about. How, let me ask you, you know? had you been getting from a parent that you, that you spent with the kids, let's say 15 to 16 hours a week? I'm not talking about... Not talking about minutes, we're talking about 15 hours. You tell me, how many kids did you spend 15 hours a week with for months at a time? Um, it's in the hundreds over the Good. last Good, now let's take the next step. Now, to all you parents that are listening when we're complaining, how much did those parents ever pay you or give you, for, for, let's say... Come out nothing. Come out nothing, exactly. Now, parents, let's wake it, up. It maybe was a few very special people paid for a kiddish one time or something. You Stoyal, know, did a, a kiddish that you... Exactly. Someone brought me to exactly. meet the covered yomtiv one time. Thank you. And all those things were tremendously appreciated. Of course. Um, when I started talking money terms, they disappeared, you know? And I really, really did that. I never really, really asked this money This is what wise. I learned in the therapy process. That is, we can help so many people, but look at you now. You're off the front lines. Instead of helping hundreds, if you could have started, now not if, I wonder if it's still possible to do, if you can speak to all those, some of those parents, and you tell the kid, I need to speak to your parent, we need to get, and tell the parent, this is reality. Your son is now hanging around. I am willing to give him 15 hours a week, but what I need is $300 a week for 15 hours a week, and there must be a commitment of seven, eight weeks at a time. Every eight weeks, you'll, you'll, you'll pay in advance, or I'll do the first two weeks, your son commits to it, he hangs around me. Now, if you've got 10 such parents a week giving you $300, now make the cheshman 10 parents, $300 a week, that's $3,000 a week. How many, uh, sorry, uh, no, I'm talking about uh, a, a week. $300 a week, you're spending okay. 15 hours with his kid a week. And you're going to have three kids together, they're together. Let's just, and I'm not talking about that you should become wealthy. I just want you to realize the concept. How much more energy would you have to give for your wife and kids saying, here, that when you're up, when your hours of functioning are from 10 o'clock at night till 6 yeah. in the morning, and you're going to have to learn with your kids sometime, how much easier is your shalom bias, your, your energy for yourself, how many more kids would be helped? Be, be tremendous. That's be, right. be, that's, I can't imagine. Like, that's right. Personally, what I'd like to do with the money is help build a center no, that these people no, have Rabbi, place Midnight, to go Rabbi, to. I need to teach you to stop that. We are going to first teach you. First step is take care of yourself and your family. The minute you do that, you can help people. I almost left the business several years ago, and I use the word business because part of me needs to view therapy as a business. If I view it as a chesed as you did, I was almost thrown out. I thank Hashem that I was able to view. There's a time when I do chesed, chesed l'shem shemayim, I don't want to say 100%, 99.9% .9 pure. And there are times that I'm helping people with a financial basis, knowing that if I take care of myself and my family, I can help so many more people. Imagine me being a lawyer because I almost left the therapy field because I felt guilty and felt bad taking money. And people make you feel guilty. People wow. love throw it on you. Midnight Rabbi, I really highly recommend that you figure out a way to balance that you should get a normal salary. Because other than wow. that, we are, I mean, you're not doing any more the front lines in your shalayim uh, and the streets. That's terrible. To me, it's a tragedy. 
Yeah, these last few months is not. These last few I months mean, is a tragedy. I could that we go. Lost I could go bechinam, but then, like you said, I'm not taking care of myself. Not you know? that you're not. You tried it. You're not. You're not. You're helping people online now. That's not helping. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. Now let's put it simpler. If you would have just 15 boys, and the father pays you a hundred dollars a week for 15 hours that means you, they're going to be staying with you a hundred dollars how many boys 15 boys that's would the, would the yeshivas be agreeable to this that's the quite the big it's question a separate, you're you're not now dealing let's just recognize your part you're picking up a boy 12 o'clock at night and i don't want to say the places but where they are and you tell a yeah. father you give me a hundred dollars a week I will spend 15 hours with your boys, with three, four, and you get to three, four friends. Whoever wants those friends, you don't think the boys, once you get three, four guys, will say, Ta, I want to go with this guy. He's got the boys with them, and it's kosher, and you place the call. Imagine you would have a group, you have your, the midnight rabbi boys, seven, eight boys Yeah, that's what I plan to do. I really did plan but, to but, organize uh, this I know, but you gotta, but here's where the difficult part comes, comes in. If someone can't afford it right now, at those hours, you cannot give them the time. There will be time for your chesed. You might do it after 5 in the morning. This phone, this radio phone line, do you know the amount of chesed that I do? Unbelievable amount. However, my business hours of 9 to 5, at that time, I cannot do chesed with my business time. I do chesed other times. I had a bachar. I don't want to say this because a lot of my clients are going to be upset, but someone that lived next to me, I'm not going to go into mamish cried. On Shabbos, I give this guy a free session. Ask the Rav. It's 100% okay. So instead well, of my sleep, instead of sleeping two hours, which I try to sleep, I sleep an hour. I give this guy 45 minutes now for who knows how many weeks now. I can well, do my chesed time, but it's got to be not on my sure. kid's time, not on my wife's time, but I have to make my parnasa. If you can't learn to balance now, Midnight Rabbi, if you would have your seven, eight boys, your times that they're hanging around from 11 to 3 in the morning, they're yours. After 3, you give away for free. Before 11, well, you give away for free. You'll still do your chesed. Well, but there's hours where you have to recognize, unfortunately, we lost you because you didn't learn this value. That's why we always get these people calling up therapists. They're in it for the money. I understand when someone doesn't see what's going on behind the scenes. But we lost you, my friend. But not Chassam online isn't doing. But I, I yeah. always had a smile in my, my heart when I would just check your website or your blog and see another dance that you did with the boys and something else they were around. My, I felt good knowing there's someone there. But if you don't balance it with Olam Hazet, Tachlis, unfortunately, yeah. we lose you. And I know great is, is, it, is it possible to do it without the qualifications and without the sure, recognition that someone like yourself has? You're being has? like a life coach. You're, being, you're, you're taking them off the streets. Qualify what you are. You had hundreds of boys come to you. I don't have hundreds of boys coming to me. Yeah, I'm I think music I is also very it, powerful tool to help them as well. What? I think music is a tremendous, power, tremendously powerful tool as well, especially with simcha and it's your music, and channeling Stop people musically, spiritually. Stop rationalizing how you're doing it. The Rabbi Shalom gave you a bracha. Yeah. You spent, you told me we were discussing 15 hours a week with a boy, and you have hundreds of boys, and most people gave you as they sponsored you a kiddush. A little here and there. We lost you, my friend. I shouldn't say we lost you. Let's get you back. Go back, Amen. speak to the couple of boys, maybe try it, maybe make a deal with your wife, for an example, tell her, give me two weeks to go back to the streets of Yerushalayim, 12 o'clock at night. You contact the boys, you say, boys, you're out in the street. I am willing to hang around with 10 of you. Give me your father's number, you call up the father. I'm willing to get your kid Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night especially, those nights hanging around me from 11 till 4 in the morning, they got the door open by me, all I'm asking for is $100 a week. 
You don't the, think the goal would be to not to to make this curious. We don't want them to stay on the street. We want them off the street. Right, that's right. And then so the once they get them off, off the street, then they're out of my that's my right. And once they're off the you know? street, and once they get more comfortable to normal, and it will take several months, then you've gotten the boy stable in the yeshiva, and now you have opening for another one. Yes. Okay. And if I you mean, make it's, more it's, money, it's, and all your family needs yeah. is seven or eight hundred a week, and you're making fifteen hundred a week, don't not take the money. Now you could put the money to the kiddish. Now you could put the money to take them on a trip. But first, know what's your parnos, and extra is extra. But if you don't take okay, care I of really yourself, appreciate your time. You. I really appreciate your show and your support. And let me it means make a lot clear. to me, let and me you should be blessed I want with you all back the on the streets. I want you on the streets. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't. You got the I appreciate kaya. that. And I'm going to definitely go on the streets on during circus to dance with all the guys. I'm trying to get as many now, to come to the Now, you speak to the boys. Trailer. You get their numbers. You ask them, are you guys willing to come to me? Would you guys willing to commit... Not to commit, but you guys will hang around every night I'm out with you guys. Right, would you guys get a team? Would you guys want to? Now, give me your father's number. You call up the fathers and you say, this is reality. If you pay, I can have it. I will be having several of his friends coming along. Do you want them? That's the condition at those hours. Okay. We would have the midnight rabbi back in person. I mean, it's, it's easy to find me, just midnight rabbi. You know, that's it. Yes. Okay. And also, do me a Thank favor. You call so back much. with a little chizik. It would do a tremendous amount for me to know that for me, at least knowing that I gave you that little push, that little boost in getting you, getting you to back on. Take care of yourself. Uh, the, the, key, the key is, well, I'm myself back these things. That's what I want to know. That what? Well, I'm Yisrael, back these things. Or do I have to sit no, selling on Amazon or something for, terrible? I'm Yisrael, will back you. But we only back the people once things are successful. I've already learned to accept that. Yeah. Now, and Aisha would say, I see you, but how do I know you're really good? It's reality. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know the amount of requests that an Oisha gets on a daily basis? The only way to know if something is real is when you see the successes. So not when someone says, I helped, because it looks like yeah. that's why you've got to learn to take care of yourself first. Every organization first starts with them. They funded it. They got it going. Then years later, every organization starts with me, myself, and I. And from there, I am doing it. But if you can't get the backing on your own, then the... Then the it's hard to say Klal Everything is needed for Klal Yisrael. Yes, true. So start. Let those that have a need, let them take responsibility. Your son is out four hours at least three times a week or twice a week. I am willing to be available for him at those times. Not one-on-one or sometimes one-on-one, most of the time in a group. But know that for $100 a week, your son is not in those bad places. I think it's a no-brainer. Excellent. And the one thing to be Thank clear is when so the father much. or mother says no, you have to say no as well. If you will let them be there for free, you will end up being free. If you break the rule once or twice, maybe it will survive. You break the rule five times, you'll be broke. Somehow, there's not, you're not going to get it. I need to be, clarify you as, as a business aspect. But those business hours, the parent must give it. The kid's begging you time, no problem. I'll give you before 11 or after 3. But those hours, what if, for example, some of the kids I have, their, their fathers or mothers, are having financial difficulties, etc., etc.? Let is me there, tell you something. Is there then the turn to scholarships? What do you do? They can borrow it, go. $100 to save their kid a week off the hours from 12 to 3. It's a lot more expensive getting those kids off the drug rehabs and off everything else, Hasran, when the kid is off the derrick. That what if the kid resists me getting involved with the parents? Then you don't give the kid a choice. You tell the kid, look, you're out. You love me. I love you. You see what's going on. You start with what you got. You start with three boys that want to hang around you. We don't conquer the world one day at a time. Do you know I still get opposition to this phone line that I have? 
No problem. Just turn really? the dial. All don't the time. pay attention to it. You're doing amazing. Thank you, but all the time. It's no problem. Then don't call in. It's not here for those. If you worked on hundreds of people, hundreds of kids, yeah. let's say 50 of them you would have helped. Instead of 500 that you saved, but you would have helped 50. You would still be in there, in the line, and over 10 years you would save 10,000. Instead, you dropped out after 500 because you couldn't balance it. Balance, my friend. Rather to help 50 consistently while you're helping yourself and over the long time, if you check out, just do the Google number. I have an entire program. I don't remember which one it is, but it's like a penny doubled concept. If I offer you a million dollars today or a penny doubled, which today, one day, today it's a cent, one cent, the next day it's two, the next is four, then eight, then 16, then 32, then 64, then 128, then two, four, 256, and you do the number up and up and up, in one month, a penny doubled is going to reach 31 days, it's going to reach 10 million something, $10,700,000. Consistently helping 50 people, consistently helping 10 boys every week in a row will give you more success than helping 500 people over a year and a half, two years, and then falling out. You, well, you target what you can. And this is for everyone listening. I'm not just talking to him one-on-one. -on -one. This is for the awareness. You want to help out. Make sure you take care of yourself, and then you can help hundreds of people throughout your history. You don't take care of yourself. It's not balanced. You will lose. Claudiusol will lose you. Well, thank you very much. You're Excellent welcome. Advice. My pleasure, and I hope we'll see you after the Shemaya. Follow up even two, three weeks after Sukkot, even if it's not working. Or Blinad, okay, I will we'll give do. you from this program Blinad, thank since, you so much. since this is my donation. Since this is my donation, I choose to give you every single week. Call me up. And we will spend five, ten minutes of giving you advice, suggestions, how to keep it growing. Any question that you've got, I will be able to help you. Because I feel helping you will help another, I call it like little ripples. You know when you drop a little, uh, what do you call it, like a little drop of water and also there's a ripple going? Yeah. Now, my goal is of this program is I'm just making a ripple and people hear the information. And when I get messages that they go for therapists and they keep on growing, to me, I know I did my ripple. Helping you, I feel, is going to make another major ripple that the next drop comes and will keep the ripple going. So helping you, I feel, is one of the great schusim that I love is helping people that make affecting others. And I feel I felt good knowing that there was someone like you on the front lines, and if we need to give you the help, I will give that to you. And if anyone has got difficulties with my suggestions or people have different advice, why don't, why don't we share? What's your website, Midnight Rabbi, so people could listen to us on um, the go it's online? So Midnight Rabbi Inspired, if it's Googled, Midnight Rabbi Inspired. That's Midnight my old... Rabbi Inspired, they could see you. You're a wonderful, Yachsidish looking guy. I, wouldn't, I, didn't, I couldn't tell by yeah. your voice. No, I grew up in London. I wasn't so Yachsidish, but I've had a journey in Eretz Yisrael. Yes, yes. And my friend, we need you, but we can only have you if you take care of yourself. And when we spoke months ago, I heard you weren't taking care of yourself, and I told you you got to. I'm sad to see that you yeah. did, yeah. No, I, I did try different things, but Hashem, I, I'm at a point where you know this is a new year, a new, a new a fresh new year start, and you. I'm Do happy not to hear your advice and anybody go. else's. Yes. So anyone can contact me. Um, but again, I like you said, in a real way, so I can take care I, of myself. I want to make you. a request. The only way to make the request is to break the addiction of thinking that people help you. My request to you sends you donations. Do not use it at all. Your way to make well, it is you've got to learn to charge for your time, and that's still chesed. That's unbelievable chesed. However, there's chesed other times. Your workable hours must be workable and must be, must be billable. Well, okay. that's amazing. I yes. appreciate that so much. Thank you. And, yes, hatzlacha. Thank you.
We are going to Fagy. Thank you for holding. Fagy, you're on line two. Thank you for holding so long, I should say. That's okay. Um, my question is this. Hold on. You know, let me get your help. What do you say to what I suggested to the Midnight Rabbi? What's your take? And if people are listening, I'd like to hear your opinion. Call up. Just give. I'm right, wrong. We're not going to make long topics, but I feel it's a very important point for people to realize how many people go into the field to help, but if, and people will not pay, unfortunately, unless it's demanded. That's just the reality, Shabai. And we can't rely on the Ashiram to go sponsor everything. What's your thoughts? And I, I'm comfortable if you disagree. It's totally right. And do you understand how this guy's such a great heart, but how bad he feels that if, he do, if the parents say, I can't afford, so he doesn't charge, but then unfortunately, he's not helping teens anymore. Right, that's his problem. His title was called Midnight Rabbi. His specialty is he would leave his wife and kids and be out in the street 12 o'clock at night getting the boys off. And you hear it now. When he asks for a simple amount of money, they'll spot one of the Kadeshim that he gives for free, they'll give a little money to that. All right, Faggy, thank you for that. What's your question, your comment? I Boy, consider the myself everything. All the switchboards just lit up. I see. Okay, good. Let's go. Yeah. I consider myself a perfectionist. Yes. Welcome but, to the club. But my house is always messy. Yes. And I always have excuses for that. Yes. My baby is always crying, sure. or I have to do this and that. But I'm wondering if it's not stemming from something more. Sure, it is. And let me tell you what happens to perfectionists like me and like you. The more I shouldn't call myself any more perfectionist because I'm really working hard uh, off that and I'm really letting go. So I'd call myself maybe a recovering perfectionist, as those call themselves. But we get overwhelmed by how much we want to do that's impossible to do that we actually do less. So the more perfectionist you are, the less you're going to be doing. So when someone comes into my office, or this boy or Bachar or a person is up till 5 in the morning, the best times in the evening times when everyone is sleeping, they wake up late, they don't do anything, the more of a perfectionist they are. The more they accomplish, the less of a perfectionist they are. That's one of the big secrets. I never thought of it as that. Exactly, because the more that's on our head, the more weighted we are, the less we can do. I got to do the laundry, but it has to be so perfect, I just, you would try to do anything to avoid the laundry because it's so hard to do. So what ends up happening is perfectionists are really messy. Perfectionists are really those that don't do much. However, when we do something, it's done perfect. But because we do it so perfect, we really don't do that much. And the less I am perfectionist, and the more I'm recovering in that, Baruch Hashem, so much more is getting done and so much more is being accomplished. That's right. So what can I do? Ha! Welcome to the world. Slow down. Start saying I accept myself. Listen to some of the other programs on how... Listen to the program on self-esteem. I don't have over here a list on programs, but it's number one. Um, I've got a program, Let Go, You Won't Accomplish Everything. Anyhow, I've got the program on how to make choices, which is going to be similar, because about making choices about never getting it right. Um, there's one about inner peace, a program. I've got, I've got 62 Shiram. Just go through the titles. You can see it online, and you can download them or listen to them from there. Or from my phone line on 718-298-2011. You can get it all from there. And yeah. just listen to those hour programs. I've given them all for free. Those are one of the chesed that I do for free. Thank you. by my billable hours. Those have to be for Parnassa. Excellent. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Reb Shleimala, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yeah, hello, do you hear me? Yes, I hear you clearly. Whoops, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, hold I'm on. Here. All right, we dropped two, and we dropped three somehow. We just lost your Shleimala. Call right in. Got to play it around with this a little. Call right back, Rup Shleimala, and then we will take you. 
We've got Suri on line five. Just hold on. I want to go back to Rabbi Shlaimala and see if it was you that I missed. We got Kulia. Cool. Yeah, that's him. Aaron, line one is uh, Shlomo. Good, I got him. Shlomo, you're on. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. And thanks for your help for the, for the cloud. Great. Quick question um, about that midnight rabbi. What's your thoughts? Oh, I just came in now. Tell oh, me the question. Okay, fine. No problem. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm referring to, um, to the concept of um, in the talking therapy. Okay, let's go hear your opinion about it. Yeah. So that's uh, coming up over and over and over, and I and I think that that because people don't feel validated, they don't have it. Um, they still still they still feel that that is still a minimum issue, even if you prove them hundred percent that um, that it, that it's not. So hello, um, being on the kids that um, both are right. That you hundred percent right. That that um, now once he's stuck in his in his pattern. He's like, um, he knows everything, and nothing's going to help him now. Now's not the time to talk him in a bit because he views everything his way of thought. Like, yeah. um, I want to emotional, like, because it's like um, two pieces of paper. One piece of paper is black, and and you're going to tell him all the stuff. It's going to make a little bit damn, but he, he's still a black piece of paper. He's going to use everything black. Excellent. And, um, so let me, take, let, me, let me play the devil's advocate. Let me take the other side, because that's what they were saying. Those that didn't yeah. understand that immunum betachen and therapy are two different issues, and that's why the Rav does it, and all that that we've mentioned, the medication oh. helps. Let me take their side. What do you mean? Oh. If you learn chayvus alvavus, it's all better. Oh. He talks so, over there about everything. Okay, so that's what I want to bring out. Good. People mean is that, um, that because uh, uh, that's 100% true that if you will learn uh, I mean, I talk on the, the the right way, like um, how Susanante of Goglin, that um, how nice we could be, that Toyota, I want to, it's not like a, a book of um, um, obligations, it's, it's a way of life. Yeah. Toyota is like uh, instructions of, of living. Yeah. Like, the, like a, as if uh, someone buys a car, yeah. you have to read the, the instructions how to, yes, every 10,000 miles you have to make a whole change. He yes. doesn't do that. He falls in problems. Yeah. Yes. Someone has a seven forty-seven. Um, uh, he has to read all the instructions. So and let make me sure ask you. So you're saying the instructions right. is if anyone's got anxiety, then they should take the instruction no, no, book no. of Chayvus No, no. So that's understand. So someone falls in. Uh, he his his car is not working. Now is not the time to take out the, the instructions. Now he has a problem, and he doesn't help him the instruction. Yes. So to to say for both people, they're hundred percent right. That at the beginning of the life, toilet is a way for instructions to live. And minute talking is a way. It's not a matraiga that uh, all people think. It's a matraiga with sadikim, the nunkim to them. It's a it's a it's a it's a way how a simple he should live this life. Yes. Because we don't know how right um we fall into problems. But that doesn't mean that if a person would uh, from from the from the beginning you would life right. I thank it. I, I just look at it a little bit differently because to me, yes, if it's Emunim Betachan Shaila and if the person's not living his life correctly, then that's again where the Rav gets involved. So I don't want to get that much into it anymore because I do feel as long as it's Emunim Betachan Shaila, it's a question of your way of living 
and you need to have the Taridiga way of living. That's yeah, okay. That's 100% right. Now that's it's right. not a time. Now it's not that's right. Anxiety is a certain therapy. way of thinking also, of perfectionist yeah. or whatever else that goes along with it, and those stuff need those changes. Yeah, I thank sure, you. I want you to know when you say you're calling about the Muna Matachlan topic, I want you to know my stomach, for those of you who think that I'm like looking <laughs> so calm, my stomach gave a turn. Oy vey, not now. I hope I hope right. we'll go gentle. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the information. I just don't want to stay on it much longer. <laughs> yeah. Shkaya. Amen. Siyata Deshmaya. Great. We are going to Surrey on line five, and then we're going to go to Miriam. Surrey, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. Yes. Whoops. Hello? Hello? Whoops, we lost her. All right, let's go then to Miriam. Miriam, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello, Miriam? Hello, hello, hello. Hello? We're having some difficulties over here. Let's see if we can get this. Um, whoops. Hello? All right, we'll have you guys just call right back in. Yeah, we see it's going. Just call back in and we'll take it. We'll get it. Wow. Anyhow, pretty good topic. And I hope much to hear that the Midnight Rabbi is on and will be back because it's a great schuss. We're going to Surrey. You're back. Yeah, hi. Um, my question is, how does somebody know if physical symptoms has to do with stress? Go to the doctor. I always yeah, tell everyone. I, the doctor I will tell just, you. I'll tell you, I just had a certain shift in life, um, and I don't see it stressful at all. You just and had so what? Wait, say that again. Start, oh, well, I got engaged. Say that again, but, I still don't hear you. You're coming up like with an I echo. I got engaged. Hello? And I don't see it stressful at all, but since I got engaged, I had um, my throat hurt, my ears, and then I got a terrible eye infection, and the doctor doesn't know what it is. I had two sets of drops, it didn't help. And one of my aunt tells me it's stress. And I'm just wondering, where does stress come in? Oh, well, I'll tell you, when, if you say headaches, if you say throat, that might be more... Um, that's, quick. I don't have headaches, and I, I want to know if I should link it or... I'll tell you, uh, eye turning red, I don't have that much experience with it, but I usually don't know eyes turning red to be emotional. I would say that might be more physical. Not, yeah, it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> However, just for you to be aware very clearly, and let me explain to you how the body works so you might understand... Our body is a very advanced system. And since, as the Rabbi Shalom told us, we are a stubborn nation, we don't like changes, and we avoid changes. So let's assume, as if we walk into a wall and we get hurt, we will not say, let me go around the wall. We think, as Bnei Malachim, Melech Pirates get them, Melech breaks a hole, we'll break the wall. So instead of learning and saying, oh, I need to change, we bump our heads in the wall, then we get a headache. Now, instead of blaming our steps, we're now blaming the wall. Now, what happens is, what happens to our physical body is when our mind is giving us messages, change, stop, change what you're doing, you're not thinking healthy. And you know what happens? We don't stop. What happens is now our brain's got to sh speak loud and that shut us down until we're forced to listen and make changes. So I'm not saying that's going on by you. In fact, when someone comes into me, I'm having headaches. Doctor says it's stress, but I'm not under stress. I go, oy vey, this is, you just said you need six months of therapy. Because it takes more time having the person recognize. Well, I know they have certain stresses in my life. Well, but everyone's I, got stresses in their life. Yeah, I understand. But I, and I think that since I get engaged, stress just went down. Almost many things just disappeared. 
So I don't know. I wouldn't even link it because I think so I would have had that's where I cannot help you. This call, this call is for information. And that's why, for information, I could explain how the mind-body connection works and when the body creates the pain. However, if things are great in your life and your throat's hurting a little bit and the doctor says it's okay and your eye turned red and let's say gave you eye drops, now your eyes are clear, then yippity-doo, continue going the way you are. But if your body starts screaming louder and you start getting chest pains, you start getting anxiety attacks, you start getting major migraine headaches and they do an MRI and everything is clear with you, then be aware that it is something a lot more and that it is stress and that will come from the medical doctor. Now there are people, just to validate you, that love saying everything is stress. You got an infection, it's stress. You got any problem, it's stress. No, 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 there are medical, physical things that need to be ruled out. That's why I say you first rule out the medical stuff, then we deal with the emotional stuff. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. We are now going to go to Miriam. Miriam, online too. Hello. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm calling about the midnight, midnight the, right? Yes. Um, just to say from the other side of the coin, from people who need help, Yes. that when somebody doesn't take any money, it's not just, uh, the people that need help don't feel so secure, and that it's like, because they take money, it makes them feel much more trust, to have much more trust. In other words, you're saying that they have trust to spend the time because they know they're getting paid? Is that what you're saying? No. The, from the other side of the coin, the people that, that are reaching out to the Midnight Rabbi, the, the people that re are reaching out to people that should help them. Yes. So from that side, I'm saying... So you're saying there's more trust in the person that doesn't take money, like if someone's doing it for free? No, 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 no. No, no, I'm I have only got my friend with me in the room. He's telling me, no, I'm not getting you clearly. So I'm sorry. This okay, is just good. So, so just put more so words in it so I can validating that from also from this side, not yeah. only what you are saying, but yeah. from the people on the other side, I have, let's say, an experience from me, from other people, that if somebody does me, it's like it takes much longer to trust that person. Just ah. like you go to somebody from life for license and, and doesn't have any license, but... Right, so you can Whatever. trust them more because when you're paying, you know you know that they're there for you. And then the pre and then if that, that person takes money, it means that he, yeah, he's really here. For, he's like committed yes. to it. Yes, I can be there. Like you're supposed to be there. I'm giving you something. Be there for me. Now, yes, isn't but this I don't sad? That, isn't yeah. this sad? Because what happens with this midnight rabbi? That's why I spend so much time on it. Is because so many people that I speak to, they tell me they want to be a therapist. They help people, and I tell them that's fantastic. But when you help people and you weren't getting money, how are you when you're going to start asking for money? Because somewhere as a therapist, you're going to have to start asking for money. He says, oh, I can't ask. I can't do that. I said, then I feel bad to tell you, but unfortunately, this field can throw you out. You can have the greatest heart in the world, and it's going to do that. And it's so sad. This midnight rabbi, I'm, I'm in touch with him for over a year now, at least. And we, he called once in, and I followed up with him. We've been emailing each other questions, this and that. And, and, and I feel bad to hear this news, that he's not working. So, yeah. so what I'm tra also trying to say is that I don't think it's anything that the people that help, I don't see they should be, they have to go through the process first not to take money and then learn on their own, um, you know, the consequences, because there's no way, I see all the people start um, without taking money. It's just that uh, uh, for me to give support for those that are listening, that I want to go, that I want to help people, that they should know that the people that come to them, the people Thank that you. are... So, Midnight so Rabbi, you have over here Miriam from Line 2 calling in to tell you that by you charging actually will help the kids, the teenagers feel better, 
feel more a trust in you. And even the parents will probably feel more a trust because they know they're giving you $100. And it's not a lot. He hangs around a lot of boys at a time. So if a father It's only knows, a matter of a first rejection, like, oh, money, no. But it's just the first, the first response. That's right, or the first couple. But once he'll have four parents that will say yes, four or $500 yes. a week coming in, he loves it. This guy's Nishama's pure helping people. I, I met him. I said, wow, beautiful. I want to thank you for that, oh, validation, you. For that validation. Thank it, you. It really means a lot to me. And to hear the people on the other side of the coin also validate that. Thank you. Thank you, Lemmy. Bye. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Um, here we go over here from on the Lakewood Scoop. What's your suggestion for single, for single mothers that children ask questions like, where is Tati? Or when can we get a Tati? How does one respond to that? Wow, that is a heavy one. And it depends. If there's a divorce, there's one answer. If the father was nifter, there's a different answer. And that means if the... If, the, if there's a divorce, what we, I usually try to sort of tell them is that mommy and Tati had some difficulties or whatever happened that we're living in two different houses and here's where the butt comes in. We both love you unconditionally at all times. You ever want to go to Tati? We'll try to work it out. You want to go to mommy? We'll work it out. We'll get them on the phone. We love you. You're not the cause for the divorce. Very important for the kids to hear it because they'll always feel, cause I cried, mommy and Tati then had a fight over who should go to me. And I asked for something and they start fighting who's paying for it. And many times kids walk around with that guilty feeling that they need to hear they're not the cause at all. Now, however, if unfortunately where the, where the father is nifter, it's Tati is in Shemayim next to Hashem and he's looking down at us and watching us. I could tell you it was my brother's vart last night, and during the dancing, I just got so emotional thinking my father should have been here dancing with him. I mean, such a special father, such a special brother, such special mechatanim, unbelievable as to who they are and how wonderful they are. And with all that, I felt my father, again, this is just my feelings, that my father was there smiling in Shemayim together with the Rabbi Nishlelem. So again, we might need to do that. But if it's again coming up with a divorce, it's simple. Tati wants to be here. Mommy loves you. Tati loves you. You'll be by Tati at times. There'll be other things. Yes. Yes. Okay. Someone just, uh, my wonderful friend Hanoich just told me over here, suggested there's a book, a children's book on the market that's called My Father Doesn't Live Here Anymore. It's great. Is that for divorce or for nifter or for, for divorce? And maybe what to say and how to deal with it. That's great. There is a book. This is one thing I will recommend publicly, surprisingly, that I'm doing it. But I forgot the name. It's by a from person that lives in Florida. It's called The Sandcastle Way of Divorce. In Florida, it's mandatory before someone gets divorced, at least for them to go through it and to read the book. And a large part of that, at least that's what I was told, or that's what it is, a large part of that book and a lot of those concepts is what I use with what to tell the kids and how to deal with the kids on a lot of those subjects. And it's important for the parents because they go, don't involve the kids and they give a lot of that information there. But good, so my father doesn't live here anymore. That would be an interesting way to, de- to deal with that. Um, Yehudit, you're on line one. Yeah. Um, can I, uh, I'm a I'm a Hasidic You sound like Yehuda, not Yehudit. Yehudit is a, is a lady's name, Yehuda. Yes. Yehuda, yeah. Yes. It's me? Yes, it's you. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, can I speak Yiddish? I'm not so good in English. Go ahead, try Yiddish. Uh, okay. 
Ich würde sagen, ich habe hier den Schirm von Self-Esteem, von den anderen Sachen, von, ja. von, von Rights. Ich habe ein paar Kleinigkeiten, das ich wollte äh, fragen. So what you're saying was that you heard the program on self-esteem, know your rights a couple of those, and you want to ask a couple of questions about them. Go ahead, wo sind dein Schalles? Ja, ich fühle, als du in einer Woche von 18 Uhr, ich lehne in einer Woche von 18 Uhr, ich fühle, als du in einer Woche in einer Klasse, wo ich stelle mich vor, und übrigens hat ihn die anderen Instructions, wo es mir hört bei der Schirm, Ik ga zijn als een videobocher, zo veelig. En het probleem is, als ze doen als tekenerig op de bocher, als nobody likes hem. Let's take a step back, hold on, let's, let me touch over to those listening. Okay. So your question is, that if you're going to build up your self-esteem, your confidence, and know your rights, you're going to look like a certain boy in the class, and that boy people don't like. Yeah. Now, let's go ahead and address the question. Okay. Notice that the programs are meant for information based for you to be able to do it to the best of your ability. That's not therapy. If you need actual tools, so imagine you're going to the suit store. You're going to buy a suit for Yantiv, and okay. they're general size, but they have to be tailored. That's why I tell people all the time self help books are wonderful self help books, but they're not tailored. They're not therapy. They're not where the person tells you, no, you're completely blind. If you need more work, you need a tailor, then you need a coach, a magachir. You might need a therapist to help you do it. That's not the point of the shiurim. point of the shiurim are self-help books. If you're able to take the information and do it on a healthy, normal basis that you understand on your own, great. If you need a tailor-made, then you need to get a tailor. So I have to go to therapy to, to explain this? I didn't say therapy. I said a tailor. Maybe it's a magachir. Maybe it's an older brother. Maybe it's maybe it's a good friend that you can listen to it together and how to do it on a on a base on a healthy level. I'm not jumping to therapy. Therapy is much oh. further after you've done all that. You both can listen to my share and then discuss how do we do it healthy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So that's general. That's not tailored. Imagine uh -huh. someone. Just give you an example. Is right now is bipolar and they're manic. So right now they're going on three hours sleep, screaming in the streets when they meet someone. Hi, how are you? In fact, okay. it's weird because now Ben Azmanim, so I was yesterday in a store to buy a bagel and they had like seven or eight Bachram talking together. And also one guy started screaming, hey, and everyone goes, calm down a little. I'm thinking, wow, this, this Bach's parents must be turning themselves over from embarrassment. If this guy's like that, just the middle of the day so loud, I heard so many issues that are going on. If this guy is going to listen to my self-esteem program, <laughs> know your rights, Hashem Yishmar, what happened? Uh, 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 it's a general information. The Hamaven Yovin that you got to use, the Chachma uh, uh, and Das, uh, uh, is when to use what. So you could take the, the shears, do it with a friend, so this way you guys will do it together. I'll get, you know, we'll help another person also learn the good information, and then you guys can start discussing it. Did Mordechai mean this? Did Mordechai mean that? And I promise uh, I uh, like what I meant. Okay. I just gave information. And then you guys are going to be tailoring it because I didn't have just you in mind. That's why I always give 10 different tips. The kind of uh, uh, 10 different tips are because one will work for someone more, someone for someone less. Someone will want to connect solution number one and number seven together for them. And that's uh, where the tailoring comes in. Uh, okay. Thank just you. Know, you don't have to make a Gansen share out of Mordechai because I am not on that level where, you know, where they say, you know, Tzadikim, there's the Shechina when they're writing and all that stuff. This was my push to push this information. I daven for siyata deshmaya all the time. So I'm sure uh, it was siyata deshmaya because it's helping people. 
However, feel free to disagree. You have you have permission from the Machaber to be Machalik with me, and I'll say it's your, your case. You'll be right, probably. Okay, Here's where I'll tell you. So again, your question is that I tell people many times, or almost all the time, you got to have it balanced. Don't just feel for that person. It's not healthy to feel so much, but then you hear stories of tzaddikim, how they gave away everything to the person, all the tzaddikas. And to that, my friend, the answer is, I'm not going to say which one, but there's a chassidah shamas of one of the rabbis that gave away his chandelier, his, his, his candlesticks. Okay. And the client that I had was telling me, how am I allowed to have, am I really giving tzaddikah because this rabbi gave it away? So I told him, let's take a step back, because he's fighting. He wants to give away his, his, his silver life that he got when he got married from the grandma and the wife didn't want. So the answer okay. was, I told him, hold on, which Rebbe, I knew which Rebbe was, he told me which Rebbe, I said, why don't you go now to that Rebbe, to the Einikul, which is the Rebbe, and ask him, do you have first the candlesticks? Maybe the minig is that this chassidus, they give away the candlesticks. He says, no, no, I know for a fact he has. I said, excellent. So if he has, ask the Rebbe, what do we do about Yamasa? And sure enough, the answer was, because at that time, whatever it was, there's a Masa for us to learn, and we're supposed to take out a lesson. But that's why we don't pass him from Agada to Gemaras. We're not allowed to pass him from that. It's meant to give us an idea. It's meant to teach us how Klai Yisrael is supposed to be. It's got to be balanced. And I never say don't care. I always say balance. Uh, always balance. Uh, so we have to... Uh, you have to know balance. So let me ask you. If you're going to live each of those Hasidic Jamas, that's going to be. Rebel Lamelech was 14 years in Gulas. Are you going to now leave your wife and kids for 14 years? Oh, okay. No, wait a second. Not only that, you have to do that. Now, let's go to, since you're let's go take every chassidish Rebbe Shemas, and I want to put every single one in you. Will you be able to live that life? No, you're talking If you don't do that, we're not learning. That's the balance. I'm trying to remember right now the Gemara that I said. I think it was in Bob Metziah, where the Gemara said that if you have your Aveda, if you lost something, and your Rebbe lost, and your father lost something, Who's do you have to? Who's do you have to grow yeah, first? Yeah. Uh -huh. And the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, you have to take yourself first because there's a mitzvah esrus You shouldn't uh -huh. be poor people. So here, the Gemara Oblat before was just finished saying, if it's your father or your or your father, your malamid who comes first, you definitely have to give the rebbe takes the chayyel mabo and all that. However, there's a mitzvah. Then I think the Gemara finishes off saying, but Rabbi Yehuda says, or the Rav says, however, if you're going to be busy living all your life taking care of yourself first. Then you're going to end up being like them that you're not going to have anything. Balance is the lashon of the Gemara. Balance. So you need to know you come first. However, if you're always taking care of yourself, yourself first, unfortunately, we will have nothing in life. We're going to end up broke without anything. Balance. So now, Rebbe Meilach, what's the story that I take out of that? Is there's got to be a time that I have to shut down. Happens to be I have a little yichus. I said Rebbe I only picked that because I'm an einikel. So I figured, you know something, I'll deal with that. But just to use that example, 
I take from that story that I have to have a time that I am not, okay, I'll tell you guys one of the secrets that I do sometimes, that I am not, quote-unquote, Mordechai Weimer that has to answer all the questions. Once uh, in a while, I could go somewhere and someone will tell me, are you Mordechai uh, Weimer? Uh, uh, and I tell them, I'm a very close relative. But right now, I don't want to be Mordechai Weimer if I'm somewhere with my kids and someone stops me, just saying, I'm sorry, I can't speak to you, and then this and then that, and just a quick cool question takes time. I go, I'm a very close, I know I look like him, and I'm a very close relative. I don't say I'm not him, but I say a very close relative. And they go, oh, fine, you sound like him. I go, yeah, he's very good, nice, thank you, and I move on. Excellent. Now go ahead and speak now to Tzanzaruv's Einikul, to Tzanzarevis, and ask them, are you supposed to now give away every single penny that you have? And if they say yes, and if you're Tzanzaruv, go right ahead and do that. That's why we have Rabunim to ask them. That's exactly what you have to do. Tzanzaruv, just ask. Ask any of the Tzanzaruv. You don't have to go to the Rebbe. It's hard to get to Rebbe's. I'm not Chasron because they're not. They just have huge chsidas, huge kehillas. We can't ask them with every person has a quick question. Ask any Tzanzar Dayan over there. Any of the Tzanzar Rebbe's kids. Uh -huh. Am I allowed to have one penny left because there's a story as Danzaida that he couldn't sleep? Ask. If they say yes, go ahead. But ask. Don't pass uh -huh. him on extreme levels because of the Masa. Uh -huh. I have to ask. Uh -huh. I have to balance. Uh -huh. Ask. Balance, my friend. The secret is balance. Okay. Uh -huh. Now, does that okay. make sense to you? Hmm? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You think so? Great. Yeah. And that's okay, the thank you. That's the balance where I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure I heard it from about Victor Miller, but I think, I'm pretty sure I heard it from him, where they asked him, if there's every meter that you're allowed to have, what about an apikoiris? Are you ever allowed uh -huh. to use the meter of apikoiris? And he says, yes, Avada, when it comes to tzedakah. He's supposed to say, if I don't help this person, he's not going to get helped. Okay. Uh -huh. There's a midline for everything. On the other hand, if you're going to give everything away, the Torah, Halacha, gives you a shear when to give to Dr. Uh -huh. And more than that isn't. So the balance is what's needed. Again, uh -huh. we just need to realize one thing, and not Chasashalm to say that we're not to go there. Halavai, we should all get to the Madrega of the Tzanzaruv, that we can give that away and we don't need it on that level. But if you're Shalom Bayes, if your wife needs it, you need to ask the, the, the Rabunim over there and find out. If you're still living, we have to pay bills, and if you owe money, and you just got money, should you give it to Tzedakah, should you pay back your chayim? I, I wonder what they will say. Now again, we can do the famous, there are stories during the war, during the Muhammad, it's unbelievable, where the Rebbe's gave away everything, and it's true, and the Rebbe's today, I don't like talking about the past, by the way, I'm someone, another friend of mine once told it to me, and it's very important. I find that we, our generation, we're very busy of the Rabbanim that were last generation, how great they are, and we're forgetting about how great our Rabbanim and Gedolim are today. Because let's realize, 50 years from now, we're going to talk about how great our Gedolim are today. But we're not appreciating it because we're busy what was last generation. Let's appreciate and value our Gedolim today. Think about it now. Think about one of the Gedolim that you knew that were Nifta, and now see 10 years after their Nifta how people are talking about them. But did you value them when they were alive? No. And that's one of the things that I like mentioning or pushing. And that's why I'm always saying, when you find a Chasurin or something, you heard a Gedolim did something, don't attack right away. Don't knock it down. They're Gedolim. They're Tzadikim. They're living their life. I know I'm just a simple therapist and how much my life is giving away, how much my family suffers many times on my schedule, and I'm not a Ruv or a Tzadik where Kehillah comes, we have Chassidim, or you have Talmidim, 
where they're coming to you and calling to you, shidduchim, on every little basis, that you got to be available 24-7, the chashom's illnesses, let's value who we have. So let me ask uh-huh. you now a question. Do you have a Rav that you're connected to? Sure. Uh-huh. Good. So why don't you ask that Rav, before you go to any of the tzanzayinah, right. to any of the tzanzayinah, ask, unless you're tzanzayinah, let's say, but ask your Rav first. Take it to your Rav. Ask him, how do you balance the two? And I'd like if you feel comfortable to call back Mertzashem after Yomtiv and share with us the story, the answer. I'm curious to hear what the answer will be. Okay. Thank you, Rabbi Yehuda. Appreciate okay. the question very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, great. We are going over here to, um, actually, you can call in 718-683-5858. And we got over here a lot of messages coming in for the Midnight Rabbi thanking him. Um, let's go over here. Where is this? Um, wow. There's a lot. Okay, this is just a simple question. Oh my gosh, this is like really wow. I'm curious, what can you share from a therapist's point of view on Chshivas HaTayra? How do you see it in your work, working with From Eden? My friend, let me give a very qu- clear and quick major point, and that goes as follows. I am first and foremost a Yid. First and foremost, a from Yid. One, two, three, four, and five. And chas v'shalom. If there's ever a choice, I shouldn't have an assignment to be tested. But I know and I trust on myself, not myself, because I trust on my grandparents, my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, where they came from. They gave everything away for frumkite. That's the only reason why we're from, is because somewhere down the line, a grandparent, not one, many grandparents made the choice that Yiddishkeit comes first. Understand, therapy and Yiddish and Yiddishkeit are no stero to any from therapist. They work together hand in hand, and we are first a from Yid. That is my position. And Chshivas Hatayra, what type of question is that? What is Histakul by Raisa Bara Alma? The Rabbi Shlom looked at the Torah and created the world. I don't even understand that question, but sometimes it needs to be verbalized. Psychology is all from Torah. I don't. I tell people it's sometimes annoying. I am in yeshiva for. 20-something years. I'm in Koyal for years after that. I go two years to a master's program where I take 14 hours a week while I'm still learning. I'm still in Koyal and I'm still taking Shiorim. All of a sudden, it became a psychologist. What happened to everything I did till then, everything I do after that? Ask any from therapist how much tire they learn a day, a week, a month, how much Shiorim they're taking. Because they've gone two years for a master's program or to a doctorate program for five years, ice from Yid, that's it, goodbye, they became... Now, in the olden days, yes, in the olden days, to become a therapist, it was pure kfira. Against, they didn't let you be a from person, or the whole theories were against from kites. I understand the question, but let's educate. Today, they understand, and we, us from Yidin, are lucky that there's a concept called culturally sensitive which they have an entire class, many classes on that, that we should learn to be culturally sensitive to the societies and people that we work with. The benefits to that is that they don't make fun of the from system either. Just like you won't make fun of a Christian system, you won't make fun of a Chinese system, you won't make fun of a Tibetan system, you won't make fun of religions or anything else. The same way we are Hashem protected, they don't make fun of Yiddishkeit in colleges or in places. So now it's accepted. So therefore, we can be us. We hear the information. We hear the training. And again, we have Rabbanim that we're speaking to, and we move on. So Yiddishkeit, therapy. If you're going to from therapist, it's one. We There's major controversy. If you bring in Yiddishkeit into therapy or not, I personally don't. I personally like having the Rav. We get the Rav in there. However, other than that, 
It's all one, my friend. We're going to go to Nissim. Nissim on line one. How are you, Rabbi? Oh, I am not know it's the Harav Nissim. No, no, I'm not a Rav with nobody. Yes. <laughs> Nissim, can I tell everyone who you are, whoever doesn't recognize your voice? I believe that uh, many people uh, recognize my voice, exactly. unfortunately, you know? Yes. This so is the I man that made the J-Root happen and is making it happen, continuing it happen. And the schus and the honor that I have speaking here, and so many people are calling in, Nissen gets 100% of it because it's your sweat and blood, your hard work, and I know just a little bit, only a little as what's going on, and wow. That is okay, uh, I'm bashing. I'm right now starting uh, bashing about it. It's not that uh, it's. Uh, I want to, to say something. First of all, thank you for a beautiful program that everybody enjoy and learning. Thank you. And I, I'm, you know, and Shana Tova, Gemara Chatimah Tova. Oh, a good settle. How do you call it? Good settle. Good settle. Good quittle. 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 Okay. Quittle. Uh, so and I I learned also to say that I, I get the bench yo. Oh man, we miss it. You got Yiddish over here. You're you're pretty pretty okay. having the whole show in Yiddish. Yes. Uh, my question to you is uh, basically uh, is like this. I get I, I met somebody in the street and he told me, uh, Nisim, what's going on with all these kind of shows that people are calling? And it could be embarrassing for the families. I recognize my nephew. She say, you know, nephew said something about you know the family. It's uh, it's something that you um, you have to be careful about another part. You know about the privacy of people. And I told, I tell you, I want to hear your point of view about it. Very important because, and I, I explained this guy that. Basically, we not we are consulting the rabbanim. We the the benefits are greater than the the I would say the 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 negatives. I would say and like this. And sometimes even we some people thinking thinking they they know or recognize the other person. Where we are of lelamet schut that they are not these people, you know. Yes. So, so I want to get your feedback about it, and I want to get you explain uh, the other people what is all about this awareness line about what. So okay. let me first tell you, Avnissim, because of that question, you and I both know and we've discussed it clearly, and it goes as follows: we don't let anyone call about other people. Which means, uh, let's clarify that, we don't have kids calling in. And every time a kid called, I said, is your mother or father around and did you get permission? Which means, over the age of 18, and if someone needs help for themselves, they're allowed to share their experiences. We're an individual. We're allowed to share our experiences and we're allowed to get help. Step one. And if someone is a child where they might not have the information and the seichel on their own, then, then we don't take the call. That's why you, know, uh, you and I both agreed every time a kid calls, I always ask, is your parent around for that reason? Imagine a 13-year-old kid or a 10-year-old kid is going to say, my parents are fighting the whole time, that the kid doesn't know what they're doing. People might recognize it might be an embarrassment. So first, let's be clear. When someone calls, they are always an adult, and they are knowing what they're doing. 
Step one, correct? Do you agree yes, with me? Correct. Yeah, 100%. And that's why we make sure, and that's why we worked it out. We don't have kids, and whenever it's sensitive, if they mention a yeshiva, or if they mention the name of a school, we don't take it. We say, right, I'm sorry, you mentioned the name of a school, we don't talk about schools, right? That is the purpose, because we are saving details of Moshe Hara. Step one. Step two, that's also why yes. we don't tell people to call with your real names. We don't yes. say, hi, my name is Mordechai Weinberger, my aunt, Rifki, whatever, my mother or my cousin by this and this name is doing it. They never talk real names. Step That's step two. So we're keeping that private. Step number three is we always discuss all the time when we do address the issue. We always show them how it's their perception. And we always show them how the other person might even view it completely different. So we never say, your mother is sick, your aunt is crazy, disconnect. What we say is maybe your aunt is looking at it from a different perspective. I don't give advice. How could I give advice if I don't know the whole story? And from therapy, I know till I don't see all the sides, I don't know the whole story. So when we talk over here, we talk theory. That you feel your aunt might be doing something. You feel your family might be doing something. And we're discussing what would be healthy steps in the way. When it really needs a therapist, you and I both know that we send them to a therapist, which will then actually deal with the case. Now, there's one more point I'd like to mention, the third point, and it goes as follows. If, Nissen, if you have a business, and someone on the other end of the world is angry that you're doing a business, do you need to cut down, do you need to close down your business? <laughs> no. If I'm a therapist, and someone else is upset that I'm a therapist, do I need to stop being a therapist? So let's clarify. If the person calls up saying, my aunt is crazy and I hate her, and she says her name is one thing. But everyone has a right to get help. And if someone will recognize their voice, then maybe they should have first gone for therapy one-on-one, -on -one, then, the, then the cousin wouldn't have had to call up for help. But now they're desperate. And the point over here is to create awareness. So we're creating awareness. Yeah. And if they would have gone for help before it gets public, there's a saying, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. <laughs> so if they don't take care of the problems and unfortunately then someone is calling up and I'm the first level of defense where people can start getting an awareness or someone else is hearing that saying I need help the amount of messages that you and I get in this and we both know how many people tell us thank you for this program that they've started going for therapy things change for the better or people stop they change therapists because they weren't successful and if someone has an issue with it then don't listen or take care of your own business or if you don't help your niece or your nephew when they needed help don't get upset if they're going for help. No, no question. And I want to tell you, it's okay, because I know that the time is flying, and especially in your program. So I want, first of all, to say that Jehud, in general, is always, always was with the rabbinical supervision. Yes. And it's not that Nisim get up in the morning and decided to, to do something, you know, and uh, put it in the air and stuff like this. We are very careful checking yes. each one of, of our uh, hosts and each one of the program with me, what we can benefit in our community. Yes. It's not a business. It's not there something no that money, we are... There's a loss over here going on. Yeah. Uh, no, and yes. Yes, the, 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 the people thinking that maybe it's a business or the, and if we did sometimes uh, like uh, uh, raising funds to someone, people, to people, it was direct to the people. We gave the phone number and we got the information of the people that need. We didn't get it through our pipeline. That's right. And this is what to be clear and loud and clear about it. It's not. It's not Nisim and it's not Rabbi Weinberg and Rabbi. No. It's 
Am Israel, and it, this is something that belongs to all of, all of the community. And uh, you know that's that's the point of our our point. And the awareness, it's number one of all the issue. Awareness and awareness and awareness. Yes. And I, I really want to thank you about your uh, program. And I know this is a beautiful program. I think that people love it. And we see the, the, the feedback. We see the, the phone calls. We see that the, all over the world, people are listening to us and see, uh, watching us also on, yes. on, uh, on the screen. And Chazdei Hashem, Baruch Hashem, that uh, we, are, I, we feel that we are really a big uh, lighthouse for uh, and even to the, the Gentiles that uh, are listening to us and, and we see that uh, beautiful, beautiful program. So I want to wish you Gemar Hatimah Tova, Shana Tova, and all the, the best and continue to do the good job. Amen. And the call on Israel, thank you. Amen. Thank you thank very you. much. Listen, let me just vinge back just to tell you, I get kvittel. <laughs> I get <laughs> kvittel. You're amazing. And I would just like to tell everyone that when we've asked, when the J-Root asked for donations to help going, I don't want to say that it didn't come in enough or very little, but I know out of your pocket and the little bit out of my pocket that I'm doing just mamish a penny, you got your entire life is, I shouldn't say life, is invested in this and you're an amazing person and I know the money that you're giving, the time, and if I would even recommend people just to text because it's easy to text to 347-927-8398 to say thank you, Harav Nissen, for everything you're doing. I feel the recognition needs to come. And from my experience, from when I hear, tiniest people always have comments what to give. But I want to hear how amazing and how many people's lives were changed because of you and because of this program and the other shiurim that you have, the Rabbanim speaking, the other therapists that you have for kids, the music when people are listening to from music, it's all, you know, they have. They just put the app or they just call up to the phone line and they have it. So thank you. Get Gebenstior and continue helping all of Claudius all the way you've been doing it. Thank you for letting me be part of the program, part of the J. Ruth family.